3: The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative radio is coming for you.
4: Oh cooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Hello, Susan.
1: Hello, American patriots. All
4: right, Susan, so what are we talking about this evening?
1: Well, it's Sunday, so we start with a prayer. We have a special guest, Dr. Paul Kengor, Ph.D., author of "Take a- Take Down, From Communists to Progressives, How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage. That is a mouthful.
4: Wait do you listen to the interview.
1: Anyway, um, I like his cover. He's got, a, and it's a really good book too, by the way. He's got a wedding cake with a husband and wife on top of it, and it was split in half by a Russian sickle.
4: <laughs> yeah, I question if that, that would have been a, a, the tool of choice. <laughs>
1: Anyway, but first, Brian will read Clarence Thomas' dissenting opinion about the homosexual ruling because we didn't finish it last show, then the ups and downs for the week, and where are we on the war on terror, followed by they blinded me with science, if we get to it.
4: It seems lots of rooster growing. Okay, a prayer from catholic.org. God, I thank thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions, and abundantly insist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in that perfection I will give Thee the glory Thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen.
1: Now I was going to try to find a prayer for the family, because our families are being under attack. I, I can't not gonna. I can't copy and paste a PDF. That's why you have the link.
4: Yeah, actually you actually,
1: can. Okay. Well, I don't know how to.
4: I showed you once a long, long time ago. And, I don't remember. Well, figure it out. That's your job. I'm not gonna reteach you everything for God's sake. So it will take me forever.
1: Anyway, I was trying to find a um, prayer for the family because it's being under attack. Uh, especially by the Supreme Court. And, yeah, don't uh, get me started, homosexuals. What you call a family is a pseudo-family. Um, and I just couldn't find a good one. And then I and what was going to... they
4: call that stupid show?
1: Modern Family?
4: Yeah, Modern Family. And what is this nonsense I hear conservatives watch that thing? You watch that show? That disgusting filth? I'm sorry. Uh, that's never going to be normal. I don't care how many people, how many guilty white liberals watch this show. I don't believe conservatives are watching that show. Why would they?
1: I'm pretty sure that that might be propaganda.
4: I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> maybe maybe somebody said it snarky like and uh, someone took it out of context.
1: I bet that, that you know everything is propaganda nowadays. So ladies and gentlemen, you have to be uncooperative readers and uncooperative listeners.
4: Okay, she she comes unprepared for class. Her idea of me reading his opinion was to give me the Supreme Court's complete page on their decision.
1: That's but the link you I, gave me.
4: Yes, but you've got to go down.
1: I didn't know what it was. I just gave it to you.
4: Well, do some talking because i got stuff to do now. She doesn't understand it's radio. She's going to walk away. Wow.
1: Well- <laughs> That wasn't hard.
4: What are you talking about? I haven't found anything yet.
1: Oh. Well, and I I think what I'm going to do for the prayers... and Anyway, that's to, not like, how
4: you spell glaring, because that's zero over zero.
1: <laughs> well, it didn't correct me. The uh, spell checker didn't correct me. But I think from now on, I'm okay, going to try to... Okay, let's
4: just get this part there. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I got this hat. This part has to be read, I guess. <clears throat> okay, in this opinion, which is all it's supposed to be, not a law. Kennedy J. delivered the opinion of the court in which Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan J.J. joined. I have no idea what Kagan J.J. joined means. Roberts C.J. filed a dissenting opinion in which Scalia, yes, Roberts was part of the dissent in this case people are getting confused it was Obama trade he went nuts on I mean uh, uh Obamacare like he always does we gotta save it we gotta save it we can't that's our job we gotta we gotta keep the legislation alive does anybody think he's telling you the truth? Is that their job, keeping bad legislation going, or is their job to give their opinion when asked by the two, other two branches of the government, and only then? I'll give you a hint, it's the latter. Okay, they, opinion, they now we're at the opinion of the court, so... Uh,
1: they weren't asked about that from the legislatures. Everything that comes before them is a lawsuit from a private person against the government, which is not what they're supposed to be doing. The Supreme Court. They're not supposed to be hearing cases from private people.
4: all so, well, very, very, very small. But that's the window. only way.
1: There's nobody in the in the branch where they're supposed to to do going to them. It's all they only... are not
4: the appellate of every other court in the land unless it meets the requirements of Article Three, Section Two. And no, they can't be considered by all things law and equity first sentence of the paragraph were done wrong that's why they wrote all that extra stuff you think they spent four four yeah amazing people think they know this document they took four months debating this and and you think you could just read it and understand it we were warned early on that language changes over time at as little as 20 years and we must always go back to the original intent and understanding of the legislatures That is how their Supreme Court should look at things, even if they had the jurisdiction to look at the things they were looking at to begin with. So at any rate, Chief Justice Roberts, with whom Justice Scalia and Justice Thomas join dissenting. Petitioners make strong arguments rooted in social policy and consideration of fairness. They contend that Same-sex couples should be allowed to affirm their love and commitment through marriage, just like opposite-sex couples. That position has undeniable appeal over the past six years. Voters and legislatures in 11 states and the District of Columbia have revised their laws to allow marriage between two people of the same sex. And here comes polygamy. But this court is not a legislature. What? No, it's coming. It's coming. Look, I don't really care. I'm not against polygamy per se. Where's polygamy in the Bible? Moses. If, if maybe there's a need for polygamy. Maybe there's too many women, or you know, it could go the other way. Maybe there's too many men. I don't. For see, I don't, for, I don't, it's never happened before. I don't see women wanting to do that. I, that's just, maybe that's just me. Uh, I don't think majority of women would want more than one husband, but I, I could be wrong because it seems like there's a lot of men out there that want more than one wife, and quite frankly, one's enough. All right. But this court is not a legislature. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Roberts' name is on this? T- Really? After after the SCOTUS care? Really? Oh, boy. He's got some brass cojones, I'll tell you what. So, they're not a legislature, even though they just legislated. And they're well, going to legislate here, too. Whether same-sex marriage is a good idea should be of no concern to us. Under the Constitution, judges have the power to say what the law is, not what it should be. Wow. I, again, I point you to SCOTUS care. Um, and no, you as judges, you don't do not have the right to say what law is. Uh, you are allowed to have an opinion about it. As you notice, there seems to be dissenting opinion, so it's not settled science.
1: Brian, I'm telling you, all the institutions in government are schizophrenic right now. They are. That, that they, this is they're schizophrenic.
4: Bureau- they're the bureaucrats. It's it's just a whole bureaucratic mess. It's it's not. The constitutional government. It's, it hasn't been your whole lifetime. It just keeps getting worse all the time. The people who ratified the Constitution authorized courts to exercise neither force nor will, but merely judgment. Uh uh-uh, uh, opinion. The Federalist, number 78, page 465. Arr, Alexander Hamilton. Yes. Doofus, what you pile of higher, deeper in law that thinks you know everything about James Madison? You wrote a book about. I uh, don't even. You didn't even know that you know he was a flowery speaker, uh, and you quoted seventy-eight as your justification as why the Supreme Court should should be hearing, deciding whether the law is uh, constitutional or not. That was not Madison. That was Hamilton, and Hamilton's a big status collectivist liar. He's a piece of crap. He's the worst of the founding fathers. I know you don't understand it, but the damage he did to this country is still reeling from today. Speaking well, of the found- what was that, Susan? Speaking of the- what did Alexander Hamilton do?
1: The first bank of, New- of the America of the United States of America.
4: And his justification was implied powers. Right. That was the first nail in the coffin right there. The second nail was when the Federalists, under Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> packed the courts, look up the midnight judges, created a whole bunch of federal courts and packed them with Federalists. So they they figured they were going to move their power to the judiciary. Now, why would they do that? Because Alexander Hamilton put this little seed out there in his little, uh, this wasn't actually called the Federalist Papers back then. But whatever, when they put it together, Federalist 78 is is crap that he spewed forth uh, to get people to ratify the Constitution. He lies. I don't think he could tell the truth if he tried. He's a piece of crap, and Aaron Burr did not shoot Alexander Hamilton soon enough.
1: And Aaron Burr was crazy in the end. <laughs> and, yes, and
4: yes, I guess I could still use that, even, even though I'm not doing that other show because I invented it.
1: <laughs> and speaking of the Founding Fathers, before you go on, uh, I just picked up an article, and we might do it next show. They're writing articles about the Founding Fathers, like in uh, CNS News. This one was about John Jay.
4: John Jay was a big, very important man.
1: Yep, we might do it in the show because we love history.
4: John Jay, and then there was, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, really important Supreme Court judge. And for some reason now, of course, I can't remember his name. I can only, I guess my brain can only hold so much crud in at any given time. And
1: We're getting more and more crud stuff <laughs> you know, at us.
4: That stuff gets pushed down the basement files. <laughs> and I'll be sleeping, and I'll, in the I'll wake up, and I'll have the answer. In the archives. Justice Story.
5: <laughs> See, you it took
4: it- that long? My lizard brain works while I talk or sleep or do anything. It doesn't matter. It never stops. Although the policy arguments for extending marriage to same-sex couples may be compelling, the legal arguments for requiring such an extension are not. The fundamental right to marry does not include a right to make a state change its definition of marriage. And a state's decision to maintain the meaning of marriage that has persisted in every culture throughout human history can hardly be called irrational. In short, our Constitution does not enact any one theory of marriage. The people of a state are free to expand marriage to include same-sex couples or to retain the historic definition. Today, however, the court makes the extraordinary step of ordering every state to license and recognize same-sex marriage. Well, after SCOTUS care, you know, I mean, where you're telling people what they have to buy and you're telling people that are going to supply what they have to sell uh, free individuals supposedly suddenly the government is actually controlling what we do and people think that's a good thing doofus and since there's so many of you you are the doofus side not my listeners but some of people listening right now might be but uh, not my regular listeners of course you know that I don't even take it out of context by Media Matters or anything. Thank goodness they have not found this show yet. Hmm. <laughs> if they put someone on this show, man, they're going to have lots of ammunition. Because the stuff, they don't like anything I have to say. And the biggest problem is like I can back it up. It's all facts and history. I don't deal in ideology. I'm not a, I don't have an ideology. But I, I, I don't know what, what. Everyone always tries to describe what I wanted me to describe what I am. Uh, I, I follow Jesus' teaching just like Christians only. I don't believe he's my Lord and Savior. I believe he was a prophet. Uh, I could possibly be wrong about that. I don't know. Sorry, I have no opinion for word. This is what I think, but I'm not sure. I just figure I'm safer going with what. I am sure of, and that's God, the God of Abraham, is God, and who I pray to. I just don't believe in middlemen, and uh, I figured Jesus said, pray the Our Father, not pray to me, so that's what I do. I'm also a Taoist. If you want to try and put those two together, they fit together quite nicely, but if if you don't understand the Tao, then you won't. you You know you're
1: right this is really unbelievable when i'm just reading on and i cannot believe that roberts is agreeing with this after all the decisions that he's made
4: they didn't tell you who wrote it but he's the chief justice i'd be surprised if he didn't write it
1: no clarence didn't clarence thomas write
4: it i thought he did but he didn't says right here roberts cj dissenting now, he might have made his own. Do you want me to skip down to that? This is Roberts' opinion.
1: No, I want you to read the next line.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, this, this is
1: unbelievable. We can't
4: stand Roberts as much as we love Clarence Thomas. Today, however, the court takes an extraordinary step. <laughs> Many people will rejoice at this decision, and I begrudge none their celebration. But for those who believe in a government of laws, not of men, the majority's approach is deeply disheartening. All of your approaches are disheartening because you're not you don't have any of this the, power.
1: I know the fact that he said wait till Gus- the
4: states come up. They just go back to doing what Jefferson did and ignore the Supreme Court. Marbury v. Madison. Look it up.
1: Well, now scroll down because we did say we were going to do Clarence Thomas because. Of this
4: idiot. Or let me just get finished here with this whatever the heck it is. Supporters of same-sex marriage have achieved considerable success persuading their fellow citizens through the democratic process to adopt their view. That ends today. Five lawyers have closed the debate and enacted their own vision of marriage as a matter of constitutional law. Stealing this issue from the people will, for many, cast a cloud over the same-sex marriage. Just like it did for, with race, by the way, every time the courts got involved, they—it was already happening on their own, and they wanted to get take credit for it, and they jump on it and they ruin it, because we accepting through the democratic process through education something and changing our minds—that uh, that's one thing, but we that happens organically, and so it, it, there's no big pushback but when authority tells you you have to do something you tend to not want to do it and you certainly don't like it right so that's what happened that's what made race a bigger problem for a lot longer than it needed to be and that's what's going to do the same thing with homosexuals now homosexuals now are going to go they are already started they're going to screw up they're going to come after christians and they and they hate christians and that alone for people that run around saying love wins and we're haters hate loses I don't think so. I think Christians love and I think I think homosexuals hate. I have never seen any homosexual be interviewed or talk to that wasn't hateful towards those that were not. Go ahead, go ask the average American and most of them are are have no problem with homosexuality. But the ones that are that the constitution supported through are America, the idea of America is important to see, that's the thing, you know, uh, he hit it on the head to in his show, uh,
1: America,
4: America, well, it's America, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah, it, I would listen to part of it over at red state talk Radio.com. You should check out red Star state talk Radio.com too. Uh, there was a special on, you know, I could be able to do it now. It was on for two days, you know,
1: it was for the 4th of July.
4: Yes, we had permission to do it, just special permission, just for the 4th of July. So I don't know if he'll get permission to run it again or not. If he does, I'll be sure to tell you about it, if he bothers to tell me ahead of time, which he didn't last time. I didn't even know it was on. I've been listening to it earlier. I stumbled onto it. Uh, it's, It's pretty happening what's going on over there right now. So if you want to check out later on, I'll read some of the hosts in the lineup. You'll see what I'm talking about. 24-7, two studios. So if you don't like what's on Studio A, you can check out what's on Studio B. And vice versa. And we're on both. Yes. (laughs) That's a perfect time to say it. uh, We're on Red State. We're we're on RedStateTalkRadio.com on Studio A, 5 p.m. Fridays, and 5 p.m. Tuesdays. Why is that backwards? Because I was searching backwards. (laughs) when i told susan what it was uh studio b 8 p.m friday and 12 a.m sunday monday you know sunday to monday morning that's when we're on now if you don't have the bandwidth and you really got to listen you can't just okay we got a solution we got listener lines you can only listen but it's absolutely free uh, you know unless check with your carriers make sure you know your plan where's the nights and weekends or whatever. So you do it when you don't get hit with those charges, but the phone numbers are as follows. Must have a pen and paper by now. Studio a six zero five five, six two four, two zero nine six zero five, five, six two four, two zero nine. I know we don't have any fancy, uh, you know, one eight hundred numbers with customized names to make it easy for you to remember, because that would cost us money. And we don't charge you anything, or anybody else. Studio B, 518-712-0045. 518-712-0045. Now that's how you can listen at redstatetalkradio.com. But, oh, and don't forget, brand new Android app. If you've been over there and you couldn't find your Android app, it's up? New Android app just got up. Uh, Of course, the iPhone's been up. I don't know about anything anything past that. I'll try and learn more, but I find it difficult. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For some reason, it's just difficult.
1: What about the Roku too? We they have. Oh, I was gonna do the whole
4: thing. All right, you can also hear us on iHeartRadio.com. You can also hear us on iTunes uh, and many other places, SoundCloud, and uh, there's there's even a YouTube channel. Trust me, whatever you like to do, search for the uncooperative Radio Show. It's likely it's there. If not, contact me and I'll put it there.
1: So that you're done with him?
4: Yeah, I'm going to scroll down to Thomas.
1: Yeah, scroll down to Thomas.
4: But I think that's... Or someone what? quoting him. <laughs> <laughs> no ban on interracial. Post at 11 12, 9, 5 Thomas J. dissenting. Removing racial barriers. Um... It still Not says Robert. Like Roberts, right. I gotta scroll down. See this so, is Wow,
1: what... Roberts is really long.
4: He's the Chief Justice. And they're always long winded. And the more they're full of it, the more long winded they are. <laughs> and think... they gotta cite every case known to man. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's I, the mean, other like, thing. I don't no like I don't like that.
1: And and also Clarence Thomas did that as well. He cited case law. They have to stop citing case law. Well
4: that's the that's the system. And he's he's no better than anybody else that way. He's playing in the system. Well, this is part three. <laughs> part four. <laughs> I would Robert never. I could never read this Sultan. Robert's decision is I'm telling you, I'm not sure. I think Thomas just joined him. <laughs> no, because
1: Takai, to Takai, to to he actually quoted what he said. Yeah, I
4: know. I tried. I know. And
1: actually, I was gonna play, while you're doing that. I'm gonna play this for for Takai. Here you go, Takai. Here. <laughs> Vega
4: to Uh really? T-kay. That's all you wanted to do? <laughs> yeah. Ah Finally. Thomas no. Jade descending. No.
1: There he Justice... is.
4: Justice How many times <laughs> are you gonna say no?
1: Just Thomas with Justice I just wanna make a record. Descending.
4: She said no like three times. That's why she's wrong most of the time. Because <laughs> she keeps doubling down and tripling down. Uh when I said, here it is, I wasn't asking a question. I knew. All right. Justice Thomas, with whom Justice Scalia joins, dissenting. Now, I don't know if Scalia has his own, but I'm sure he does. But he's joining with Thomas on his dissent. He li- he likes what Thomas has to say, so. Which is good, because I don't like Scalia. Sorry, conservatives, I think he's great and all these he's just not it's he, he thinks the court is doing what the court should be doing he thinks the national government's doing what the national government's supposed to be doing i say no he's absolutely wrong and i don't care if he's tripping over his religion or not if you want to know almost almost always who's going to be right clarence thomas and who you'll be able to understand better clarence thomas yeah, he gets made fun of because he writes in plain language, so you and I can understand him rather than legalese. Oh, uh, Biden called him a basically a dumbass because he, he, you got to read his decisions. They're so blah blah blah. And they're probably the only decision Biden could ever understand for one <laughs> day. I don't know why he's putting it down. Maybe maybe that's why he's calling him stupid. Because if Biden can understand it, man, that guy's got to be dumber than a doorknob, right? Because that's what Biden is. The, man's, the man has lost way too many brain cells, and he didn't have enough to start out with. So, anyway, let's hear what uh, the court has to say here. The court's decision, <clears throat> Justice Thomas, opinion, opinion. Today is at odds, not only with the Constitution, most of them are, but with the principles upon which our nation was built. Since well before 1787, liberty has, which, you know, I forgot something. What? I was, you, that's why we changed, we skipped beats while I was talking about D'Souza. Uh, What I was trying to say was, I got to give him credit for it. He was the one that said, There is America, the country, and there is America, the idea. And it is the idea of America that's important. And that's what we can never lose. The idea of, individual freedom, limited government. That, that's is spread around the world. He goes around the world, interviews people from all different countries where all these lefties say they hate our guts for bringing our imperialist capitalist nonsense to their shores. Yeah, well, every single one of them thanked the United States of America. India brought over 200 million people out of poverty thanks to capitalism. What we have here is crony, socialist capitalism. It it's hard. Chinese are better at it. I, I I think they're trying to like do what the Chinese do. They have a hybrid, but we're not China. They want us to be. I swear they want us to be. I'm just they have absolute power and control everything. That's what they want. But he did. I will tell you that that. If I had the money, I'd order the, dang movie because I want to see it. He did a only little bit. I heard about a half hour. It was awesome. I mean, it was fantastic. Wait, till you, wait till you listen to it. It's it's amazing.
1: Okay, well, before you go back to that, we'll have to do this.
4: Okay, I guess okay. we will have to do that then. All right, we got to go to commercial break. Still, cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Mm-hmm.
0: Terry O'Brien Show. The Terry O'Brien Show airs live in vivid It, Red, and News, Sundays, 4 to 6 p.m. Central, on Blog Talk Radio. I think
1: that most liberals are well-intentioned but misguided. They're like children who have the luxury of believing in the political equivalent of the tooth fairy. They need some tough love. They need a big old healthy dose of common sense and information. And when they get it, The smart ones will become conservative.
0: Strap in for the wild ride with America's original conservative warrior princess. If you are struggling to pay
2: or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details, not available in all states.
1: Uncooperative Radio Show merchandise is now available at cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio. At this wonderful site, you will find hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, and bumper stickers, and much, much more. Merchandise slogans include, I am an uncooperative citizen, become an uncooperative citizen, I am an uncooperative citizen and damn proud of it, and the Constitution is the solution. So visit cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio today and become an uncooperative citizen. That's cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio.
2: 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 800-430-1891
4: First of the flames. it was On Cooperative Radio Show. Okay, here we go again. Let's try this again. Where were we? The court's decision opinion today as at odds not only with the Constitution, but with the principles upon which our nation was built. Since well before 1787, liberty has been understood as freedom from government action, not entitlement to government benefits. The framers created our Constitution to preserve that understanding of liberty. Yet, the majority invokes our Constitution in the name of a liberty. That the framers would not have recognized, to the detriment of the liberty they sought to protect. Along the way, it rejects the idea captured in our Declaration of Independence that Human dignity is innate. Oh, here, here's the, that's where he gets his tirade from. Everybody has, by the way. Oh my God, how could you say they had dignity? They were in chains. Because human dignity is innate. It doesn't matter. I don't understand how people just don't understand things like individual liberty and dignity. It, this, is, this is our problem. These people that think they have a better way of doing things, that think that if there are rich people, they're responsible for the poor people. Not the case at all. They had nothing to do with it. As a matter of fact, in this country, it's endemic thanks to our government. I'll never get through this at this rate. <sighs> that human dignity is innate and suggests instead that it comes from the government. This distortion of our Constitution not only ignores the text... It inverts the relationship between the individual and the state in our republic. I cannot agree with it. I almost cannot agree with anything you people have opinions on. The majority's decision today will require states to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples and to recognize same-sex marriages entered in other states largely based on a constitutional provision guaranteeing due process before a person is deprived of his life, liberty, or property. I have elsewhere explained the dangerous fiction of treating the due process clause as a font of substantive rights. McDonald v. Chicago, 561 U.S. 72, blah, 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 blah. Thomas J. Concurring, in part, and concurring in judgment. It distorts the constitutional text, which guarantees only whatever process is due before a person is deprived of life, liberty, and property. U.S. Constitution Amendment 14, subsection 1. Worse, it invites judges to do exactly what the majority has done here. Rome at large in the constitutional field, guided only by their personal views as to the fundamental rights protected by that document. Planned Parenthood of Southeastern PA v. Casey 505, U.S. 833-953-965-1992. C.J. concurring in judgment in part and dissenting in part. Quoting Griswold v. Connecticut, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to skip all that. By straying from the text of the Constitution, substantive due process exalts judges at the expense of the people from whom they derive their authority. Petitioners argue that the enshrining the traditional definition of marriage in their state constitutions through voter-approved amendments, the states have put the issue beyond the reach of normal democratic process. That is the normal democratic process. so amendment is a process. Many of them done by public referendum. It's going to be harder for them in the future. Yes. But they screwed up. And they pushed too hard. And now they've lost it. It's gone. It slipped through their fingers. It is empty. Uh, brief for petitioners. But the result petitioners seek is far less democratic. They asked nine judges on this court to enshrine their definition of marriage in federal constitution and thus put it beyond the reach of normal democratic process for the entire nation. That a bare majority of this court, anti at 25, is able to grant this wish, wiping out with a stroke of the keyboard the results of the political process in over 30 states Based on a provision that guarantees only due process is but further evidence of the danger of substantive due process. There is appropriate use for due process. This isn't it, and they shouldn't have won. They they used the wrong constitutional argument. I knew had I knew the, what the argument was, and they didn't make it. I didn't think they were going to win. They blew it. This doesn't work. There's no guaranteed right to marriage, you don't, so there's no due process consideration. And it's not, it's not taking away life, liberty, or property. 2. Section 2. Even if the doctrine of substantive due process were somehow defensible, it is not. Petitioners still would not have a claim. To invoke the protections of the due process clause at all, whether under a theory of substantive or procedural due process. A party must first identify a deprivation of life, liberty, or property. The majority claims these state laws deprive petitioners of liberty, but the concept of liberty it conjures up bears no resemblance to any plausible meaning of that word as it is used in the due process clauses. Now, I've had some idiots out there uh, in Twitter land try and say, oh, here we go, another... uh, another internet lawyer i am not a lawyer nor am i an internet lawyer i am a constitutionalist and a historian you do not need to be a lawyer to be a supreme court justice many of them weren't and the best ones weren't i don't need to go to law school in fact it would it would deter me from learning the constitution to go to law school because they teach everything in defiance of the constitution to twist the constitution to subvert the constitution that's why I'm not impressed when I hear constitutional lawyer. Idiot up there named himself that. He wasn't even one. He makes it even worse. He's such a buffoon when it comes to the Constitution. Uh, it, the, the fact that he can call himself a constitutional lawyer and other lawyers say, yeah, well, he graduated from school. this is a lawyer. He knows what he's talking about. Lawyers don't know what they're talking about. Only when they were within the court of law. Once they get out of the court of law, they talk drivel. Because all he knows is the little case laws and what they've been taught and repeat, repeat, repeat. Mostly, you have to be a great memorizer to be a lawyer. They're all a bunch of idiots. And even the smartest ones and the best of them, that law degree is a constant weight that they trip over. So, before I get into that, I would prefer people to be self educated as I am and as my buddy Loki was. Brilliant guy. Uh, self-taught being self-taught now is awesome every all the information's on the internet you just have to look it up you don't have to listen to anybody's opinion the constitution and history are facts that's not how the left deals with it they deal with it as opinion they deal with supreme court decisions opinions like they're law but you know it seems anything that makes them feel happy is right well you i'm
1: um- you do know folks out there that most of our framers our founders and some of the greatest brilliant men of our and women of our time did not have a formal education they were self-taught our during the colonial period including women libraries were extensive in someone's
4: household yeah and by the way uh, could could you all get with Susan over at her show blogtalkradio.com uh, forward slash halls of Valhalla on Mondays. Uh, she, they, The question was asked, are there not enough impressive females in history to put on uh, the dollar? Patriotic people. There's plenty of them. However, they don't know any of them, and they're trying to put a socialist on there. It's hardly what I would call someone that should be on our dollars uh, but they're getting bold now they're going to change the ten dollar bill and make you eat it you're loving it aren't you? when's when does the rainbow bill happen Ooh, wait they're redoing a bunch of bills maybe they'll all be rainbow
1: uh talking about my other which pro- means
4: we'll just sit around burning it
1: talking about our my other project the women of the revolution We've been doing this for a year and a half, ladies and gentlemen, um, and we're still going strong. That's how many impressive, colonial, patriotic, revolutionary women there were. There was plenty. We could be doing this for another five years. I'm not kidding you. We're finding more and
4: more. It never doubted that women of that time had to be outstanding. I mean, who gets on a... A ship and sails across the ocean to a land full of heathens.
1: With children, not knowing what's going to happen to them. They were educated. They they could read and write. As a matter of fact, one woman we did. Now, wait a minute.
4: Don't be confusing the people that came over here with the people who learned after they came here. Nobody was educated over in Europe at that time. The serfs weren't allowed to be educated.
1: We actually highlighted a woman...
4: Who was not a serf.
1: No, she was a colonialist.
4: Before that?
1: They were serfs. Well, she was born here.
4: See? What did I just say? <laughs> you said the people that came here were educated. No, they weren't. They were not educated. They weren't educated till they got here. Then they they started to become educated. They knew the Bible. That's it. I mean, that's all they were allowed. There was no, there was no schools for the serfs. You want, they didn't want educated serfs. You're supposed to be tilling the fields. thinking you start thinking, and then you're not going to want to till the fields. I'm just telling you facts of life. You know, That's one of the things Tocqueville said that he noticed coming over here from Europe. Everybody was educated, from old people to kids, uh, slaves, women. Everybody was Way beyond any education over in Europe, because they knew how they knew how to read, write, and do arithmetic—all of it. What well, those the things, all the things you need to be to further educate yourself, and that's how it was. And there were no public schools, there were no government schools. Yet everybody was educated. Now we have the Department of Education, and fifty percent of the people graduating from college are functional illiterates. Well, those aren't my, those are my polls. That's other people's polls. They studied college grads. After they graduated, they gave them a reading comprehensive test. I've taken a bunch of them in my life. I aced them because I was was taught how to read properly. The old phonics method, not this new method that causes dyslexia. Anyway. Trust me on this. I would rather you not go to school because they're not teaching you anything of value in the school systems, education, universities, none of it's worthwhile. None of it. It's all propagandist nonsense. You're better off. Come on. Educate yourself, educate your kids. It's right here on the internet. You got a computer, you you got a place to hook it up. I've heard all poor people have computers and internet because the government makes sure. I I guess I guess internet is also a uh, human right and yet what did people do before the internet was created did they not have human rights did they not have the unalienable rights obviously this isn't one of them since we, it was invented see you later anyway uh due process la lot back to, Je- to thomas as used in the due process clauses liberty most likely refers to the power of locomotion of changing situation or removing one's person to whatever place one's own inclination may direct, without imprisonment or restraint, unless by due course of law. 1 W. Blackstone. Commentaries on the laws of England, 130-1769. I know everybody thinks Blackstone's the it. In fact, the law lawyers will tell you Blackstone's it. Blackstone is nothing but... What applies to English common law? We don't. Have, we're not supposed to have English cup, but we do. We they they shut. They took. They didn't like that they didn't have power in the courts, so they just took the power for themselves. Because after all, the courts over there had that power. Yet they forget how they abused their power. That's why they're over here. See, and Blackstone's is a throwback. You don't go to Blackstone. They, there was a Blackstone dictionary, law dictionaries, in the Constitutional Convention. If there were, nobody mentioned them. There were three copies of Vattel's Law of Nations. That's the book you want to know the foundation. John Locke, Vattel, Bastiat. These were influences. Uh, early on, I think Adam Smith. Uh, regardless, this was the time of Enlightenment. Back then, they wouldn't use Blackstones commentaries of the law of England because we're not going to have the law of England over here, right? You don't really think our founding fathers, framers well if they did, they certainly didn't put it in the constitution but it's here, it exists in real in, in real life, it exists but in constitutional life it does not exist It is it does, it's a phantom, it's void the minute we take power back they're gone so anyway, I don't give a crap about Blackstone. I, everybody quotes Blackstone, though. That definition is drawn from the historical roots of the clauses and is consistent with our Constitution's Texas structure. Both of the Constitution's due process clauses reach back to the Magna Carta. See, see this is another thing the courts do that was never done. Our Constitution did not have its roots in the Magna Carta which was, like, I think, 1200 A.D. The Magna Carta did not refer to any individual rights whatsoever. This was the rights of barons. This was an agreement between the barons and the monarch. Not the people. It didn't apply to the people. It only applies to the barons. That's not our Constitution. We, that's not what... Well, that's not where our foundation lied. There might be some notions of the Consti- in the Magna Carta that are universal, but not the Magna Carta itself. The Magna Carta is flawed. Our original Constitution was flawed. Our Constitution is still flawed. And nothing's perfect but God. But we worked to improve our country all the time until the progs came along. And then we worked to undo everything. Uh, make things work. It is, since the progressives have reared their ugly head on this continent we have spiraled out of control into hell where we live right now is hell compared to the true constitutional republic true hell that's why stop telling me you're gonna fix it it's not broken we're broken nobody's following the constitution so changing it is stupid because if no one's following it now oh boy A few more amendments will get the government under our our control. You want drugs. And every one of the amendments further injures the Constitution. Keep your hands off my damn Constitution. You want to succeed from the Union, go right ahead. You want to replace my Constitution over my dead body. Anyway, I'll let you know how I really feel someday. Both of the constitutional processes clause back to the Magna Carta. See Davidson v. New Orleans. I don't want to see Davidson New Orleans. How about you just keep speaking because you're very bright? Yeah, I don't have to hear all this nonsense. Just you know, speak your opinion.
1: Do me a favor. Don't even cite the cases that he's citing. It's ridiculous because we don't want. I had law. to
4: because he was he was pointing that that proves it dates back to the Magna Carta. We don't reach back to the Magna Carta. We reach back to anything. The Constitution was new; it was all new ideas. This kind of government never existed before. No, there was no reach back to the Magna Carta. If that was true, why isn't Europe like the Constitution? Why is Europe what we're turning into a hell, socialist hellhole? If the Magna Carta inspired our Constitution, in it, and you go back to the back then, to what it was created compared to the people in Europe that they fled from. Well, they were all living under the Magna Carta. How come the Magna Carta didn't protect the serfs from the monarchy? Because it wasn't designed to. I just told you that. No, the Magna Carta has nothing to do with us. don't, Don't go down the globalist road. It has nothing to do with us. We created a unique form of government on our own. Anyone can claim the notion of can be... Some notes should be traced back to the Magna Carta, except for one thing. It did not provide individual liberties for the citizen. Our Constitution does. Well, it did. What it is, what they're doing now is not the Constitution. None of it. So, it's all really outlawed. All, everything they're doing up there is outlawed. They're all outlaws. Outlaws, thugs, call them whatever you want abusive fascists mm. so let's see his rationale of why he thinks that this is appropriate to quote because again we're going to quote things out of constant context and even he's going to do it to me i've never disagreed with him this much before no free man shall be taken imprisoned diseased deceased outlawed banished or in any way destroyed nor will we proceed against or prosecute him except by the faithful judgment of his peers and by the law of the land that's the notion of j- juries now what did we already cover about juries in Europe they were ordered by they were ordered by the judge what did, what Verdict to come up with if they didn't come up with the uh, the verdict that they or the crown wanted, and if they didn't change their vote, they would throw them in jail indefinitely. This is what they're talking about. This is what they're saying shall be banished. But they're telling, they're telling the barons. They're talking about barons. And not individuals, and I gotta go this I to a quick break, John cooperative no, radio. No, what's no, this? No,
1: this is a hard break, babe. And our, our guest is coming on.
4: Well, next time, make it a spiel because okay, we're moving into our guest with uh exposing the Trojan horse working to take down marriage once and for all. Take down Paul Kangar, PhD. With that said, this is your cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
1: soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag, and the number is growing daily. They also work with our wounded soldiers, giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, They send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia, who serve by our soldier's side in Iraq. Soldiers' Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today, or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show.
4: We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America.
1: When was the last time you read the Constitution or reviewed the Bill of Rights? When was the last time you read them to your children? These documents, the foundation of this great nation, are not documents to be ignored. They are to be embraced. So sit down and read them to your children. And a tool you can use to do this is a little book called The Citizen's Rule Book. To receive a copy, call 602-258-6406. It only costs a dollar and can mean the difference in your children's understanding of the country they live in.
3: ask me why I love her? give me time. I'll explain. Have you seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard a Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines or heard the bellow of a diesel at the Appalachia Mines? Does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? You look with awe and wonder at a Massachusetts shore, where men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth Rock. Do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies, way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from the bright Nevada sky? you hailed to the Columbia's rushes into the sea? Or how you're headed, Gettysburg, our struggle to be free? Have you seen the mighty Tetons who watched an eagle soar? Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on? Winter's day, her waters rage along the shore in thunderous display. Does the word aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in it? Why am I a reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande Domain, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast, the might of her domain. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why my beautiful America beneath God's wide, wide sky.
4: Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner, and with us tonight is Dr. Paul Kanger, an author, best-selling author of The Communists and Dupes, and his new book, Takedown, From Communists to Progressives, How the Left Was Sabotaged, As Sabotaged Our Family and Marriage. Paul Kanger uh, received his doctorate from the University of Pittsburgh Graduate School of Public and International Affairs, and his Master's Degree from the Franciscan University. He is also the author of numerous books, including Principles of a Reagan Conservative and the Communist Frank Marshall Davis. Are you with us, sir? I am, Brian. Good to be with you. Oh, good to be with you, too, Doctor. I'm glad you could come. This is very important work. I see you do a lot of work on communism, uh,
6: I do. Yes, I do. And that's um, that's how I got into this, is that, uh, you know, people say, why do you want to wade into this culture war issue, right? They say your background is communism, the Cold War, socialism, radical ideologies, right, secular progressivism. And and I said, well, that, that's exactly why I got into this subject, because I, I, I understand that, you know, Marx and Engels way back in 1848 were writing about the abolition of the family. In fact, those are those exact words appear verbatim in, in the Communist Manifesto. Yeah, they called it uh, the abolition of the family, which even back then they could say was an infamous proposal of the communists. And and even before them, there were socialist utopians like Robert Owen, Charles Fourier, Albert Brisbane. And they were setting up these ideological colonies in America. Where they were declaring war on marriage and the family, or seeking to outright redefine and reshape it. So, you know, that's so I know the history of this movement to redefine marriage, and I was really struck in the last few years at how the uh, domestic communist party in the United States, Communist Party USA, is really, really, really gun ho. On on gay marriage and the entire LGBT agenda, and it, which is a kind of a, a really intriguing phenomenon to see this. They used to kick gay people out of Communist Party USA, but but for me, as a historian of this of this party, this ideology, this movement, to me, it all makes sense in that it's connected with this much older, much longer effort by the far left to redefine, reshape. And even abolish the the natural, traditional, biblical family and marriage. Yeah, you
4: know, the only amazes me the Supreme Court decides uh, that you know it's a constitutional right to this doesn't even speak to marriage. They they really twisted themselves all up to try and make a, a coherent argument for what they what they decided, and uh, and yet on Obama trade, Obamacare they they. What do they do? They search and hunt uh, for any way to keep it alive, right? Right, right.
6: But yeah, well, that that's what they do. I mean, this is this is what progressives do. It's what it's what liberals do. I mean, when you know when they couldn't find a right to abortion on January 22, nineteen seventy three, in the Roe v. Wade decision, yeah, they simply read one into, invented one. They read it into something called the the right to privacy, which doesn't exist in the Constitution, under a so-called penumbra or shadow of a right or something else of something else. And they ignored two mentions of a right to life in the Constitution. And voila, they came up with that. They got seven votes, and, and they created Roe v. Wade. And, and then in 1992, Justice Kennedy, who would be the swing vote in, in this This ruling creating a constitutional right to to same-sex marriage. In 1992, in the KCV Planned Parenthood decision, which uh, affirmed Roe v. Wade as the uh, affirmed abortion as a constitutional right in all 50 states, Kennedy back then said, uh, this is a direct quote, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life, unquote. And, and with that being the case, we shouldn't be surprised here in 2015 that Kennedy, two decades later, after basically saying that, you know, freedom in America means the, the, means the right to come up with your own meanings, uh, we shouldn't be surprised at all that he's come up with an entirely new meaning for marriage. Because, you know, once you've redefined or, set aside uh, the right to define existence meaning universe and and the mystery of human life i guess redefining marriage is small potatoes after that
4: yeah you know you mentioned in the book about how delighted the old marxists would be to see all this but but just amazed because they never thought it could happen uh but could you explain what what having same-sex marriage does to society
6: yeah, well I mean it, it's it, for one it, it it smashes the the mold uh of of male female marriage that has been the standard in in the west and through you know virtually every society uh, for, for 2,000 years, if not longer, uh, you know, the, the natural, traditional, biblical, Judeo-Christian, Western standard. And I, and I, I mean, really, I, I, and there, there's so much. I deal with this, Brian, all the time. I get emails from these people all day long. They come up with the, with these, these ongoing rationalizations for gay marriage and, and what they're doing. But, but the, the fundamental problem is that, and, and why this is so conflicted and causing so much conflict, is, is that the word marriage just simply means a male-female bond. That That's just what it is. I, I mean, I'm looking out my window right now. I see a tree, and the tree is a tree. It's not a house. Um, I, I see a rabbit, and the rabbit's not a dog. It's a rabbit. A dog is a dog. A rabbit is a rabbit. A cat is a cat. A cat is not a dog. And, and marriage has always simply meant a male-female bond. And a, and a lot of this, acrimony, especially against religious believers, which is going to get really bad now, uh, wouldn't even be there if same-sex marriage advocates had just called these unions something else. And, you know, they'll say, well, yeah, you, you would have complained about that, too. Well, sure, of course you'd have been opposition to that. But you, you wouldn't have had what you're going to have, which is going to be a nasty, protracted religious war, uh, I, I mean, I just read today, a few minutes ago, that the couple in Oregon, the Kleins, who've been litigating because of their bakery, Sweet Cakes by Melissa, mm-hmm. they they refused to serve a lesbian couple. They they refused to provide a cake for them for their wedding, and uh, you know, they've been they've had their lives destroyed over this. And most recently, now it's a hundred thirty-five thousand dollar fine. They've lost again. They're gonna appeal again, but I got really bad news for them uh you know, they thought the legal hurdle was tough before well, now that marriage is a literal constitutional right, uh the hurdle is gonna be gigantic now, if not insurmountable
4: not not to mention it's given the left uh just an opportunity to harass Christians and beat them over the head they They are gonna if they haven't already started, I'm telling you. They had this plan. They're going to start going to stores all over the country where they know there might be Christian people who own it and they have to do something like bake cakes or florists or et cetera. And they're, they're going to refuse it, and then they're going to take them to court, and it's going to, go, it's going to be litigation for uh, probably a decade.
6: That's right. Yeah, you'll have these little individual same-sex saboteurs who can, who, can, who can go and go out and do that. And you're right. The, 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 the different lawsuits are, are going to be – there's going to be so many of them. And, and, and I'd laugh if it wasn't so sad at the – if I may be blunt – the absolute raving idiocy of, of, of libertarians who, who thought that uh, this was a small government thing. Um, all of these cases, all of them – are going to be litigated litigated and decided by government. So this is all now going to be in the hands of government to decide all of these things because pro-same-sex um, pro, pro same-sex marriage libertarians have rendered unto government a power that heretofore was reserved for the laws of nature and nature's God, and that is the definition of marriage. So if they think they've done a small government pro-freedom thing here, they're absolutely
4: out of their mind. It, it's tough, you know. These young kids that go through the the meat grinder we call schools, and uh, we wonder why we get hamburger out the other side. Uh, right. It, someone's filling their heads with this notion that that was never a libertarian concept. It, no, got, it wasn't. It, no, no, that's right. That you know, the libertarians yeah. are on the right side of that one, that's for sure.
6: And um, yeah, the, the I mean, that's been a a concept of. Uh, Certainly in, in in my book I showed the cultural Marxists. And you know these were the Frankfurt School cultural Marxists who came out of the nineteen twenties, thirties and forties. Herbert Marcuse, Wilhelm Reich. They end up at Columbia University with with the assistance of John Dewey, the founding father of American public education. Dewey is honorary president for life for the National Education Association. Uh, Dewey said how wonderful these people can come, set up shop at Columbia, and they can even do their, their, their wonderful work on Freudian Marxism with my NEA, my National Education Association. And, and so the cultural Marxists said culture, 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 sex, 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 education, education, education. And, and they realized that, that the key to the takedown of the West wouldn't be in the traditional Marxist model of economics and, and, and class. They knew that they would the that, that Marxists would lose that because free markets would always win. So they said they have to do it through culture. what what, um, what Ralph de Toledano called an unrestrained miasma of sex. They had to do it through Hollywood, media, and other conveyor belts and in particular through education and higher education. And, and if anybody wants to know, you know, how this gay marriage juggernaut suddenly appeared um, it's through millennials and, and it's through the university community. Uh, you know, the the same sex marriage is, is, is the, is the child, the love child of, of the university community.
4: Yeah. You nailed that. Uh, I bit. I just saw today uh, a headline that uh, they're getting young girls in sixth grade IUDs. Um, for those that don't mm-hmm. know, that's a that's a birth control device, uh, <clears throat> and uh, without telling the parents.
6: Yes, well, the parents are are traditional obstacles, right? They are Neanderthals. They're unenlightened, and uh, and the role of the school, after all. Uh, the public school is sex education, right? That's how, that's how the progressive sees it. You know, we, we certainly, as progressives, right, progressives certainly, uh, don't want mom and dad or the home or those, uh, reactionaries in religious circles to be teaching the child about sex. They want, they want John Dewey's collective, the, you know, the, the public school mill. Uh, that's the proper place for all of this. And and so you know that's where the fundamental transformation really needs to happen. So yeah, you know they they uh, pro- progressives they want government permission for just about anything. But you know, if you want an IUD, you want the pill, you want uh, you want an abortion. Uh, hey, baby, sky's the limit. You don't need anybody's permission for that. Uh, they become uh, absolute radical libertarians at that moment.
4: Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Margaret Sanger in the book too. Uh, actually, more than once. She was a interesting character. Now part of the Congress Manifesto the blanks, like you say, destruction of the family unit. So it, Melissa Harris Perry, you know, tampon lady, uh came out and said, Oh, you know, the getting we gotta get rid of this notion that children are something that belong to us. Children belong to everybody. And once we realize that, everything will be better. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I have the quote
6: here right in front of me. She said, we have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had a kind of private notion of children. She thinks that's a bad thing, this private notion of children. She says, uh, we haven't had a very collective notion of our children. We have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families. And we You know, Wake Forest. She's she's recorded. She recorded this as an advertisement for MSNBC's Lean Forward campaign, and in in the book in Takedown, I juxtapose her comment right next to Alexandra Colante who was who was the great Marxist feminist of the Bolshevik Revolution, and uh, Kalante basically says the exact same thing, almost verbatim, that that Perry says. Here, I've got the quote. Kalante said, the worker mother must learn not to differentiate between yours and mine. We must remember that there are only our children, the children of Russia's communist workers. Communist society will take upon itself all the duties involved in the education of the child. So so really, um, Melissa Harris Perry Bryan, when uh, when I went to, to grab that quote from her while I was writing this book because I remembered it, I found it, among other places, at, at the Fox News website, and I went down to the reader's comments, and, and some of the readers were saying, oh, I can't believe this woman. I've never heard anything like this before. And I thought, well, I have. I, I read this in, in stuff written 100 years ago by Marxist feminist Alexandra Calante. Uh this actually isn't new, to, new at all. The, the communists have uh, ha, have have been <laughs> the communists were on, on this over a century ago. What is new is that um, people like this now are respected in the United States for their um, great progressive ideas and intellect, and uh, and and they're getting what they what they want in Barack Obama's fundamentally transformed New America.
4: It, it just it amazes me. Uh, how little of history we know now! Um, even in my generation, we're, they were already uh, deconstructing history. Uh, now I don't know what they do to it I mean, I, with this common core stuff. Um, I don't know, but well, they don't teach this. They, they don't teach this,
6: and really, I, I mean the you know the common core sort of uh, core curriculum is going to have stuff. Like, um it's gonna it's gonna be really heavily based on things like uh, race and gender and, and probably sexual orientation as well and And it's certainly not going to include any sort of the historical information on uh on gender and sexual orientation and radical ideologies that I have in this book and <laughs> in fact maybe this book will end up on some sort of uh uh book burning pile that the progressives can all sit there and 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 buy all the thousands of copies at the warehouse and and do a giant bonfire of my book and and then they'll feel good about their their belief in tolerance and diversity as as the, as it goes up into a gigantic flame <laughs>
4: <laughs> For those just joining us, this is uh, <clears throat> author Paul Kanger, PhD, author of Takedown: From Communists to Pro- Progressives—How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage—and it's one of many books he's wrote. Actually, now I, in reading this book, one thing I did notice: I, I there is no way I could ever write something like this. This is incredibly well done, but it's a, com- oh, it's well, complicated you make it not complicated for the reader but it's complicated and it, 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 you don't let me get bored you you know the narration flows well, well the the
6: details right a lot of them are um are very disturbing and i uh, i mean if any i thought you were going to say that uh, this is such a hard book it uh, it in that it, it'd be so depressing <laughs> writing it <laughs> I mean, there, there are moments when, you know, 12 o'clock at night, my wife can hear me walking on the roof getting ready to jump off, right? I, I mean, it, it, it's just really dark. I mean, you really go into a dark world, and there, there's not a lot that's edifying about this history. And then, and then when, when you see, when, when you know this history, and you see how it applies now, and, and you see all these modern-day progressive types, who are redefining marriage and don't even realize any of this history, and, and knowing that um, they won't read my book because they're not tolerant, they don't believe in diversity, they're the most closed-minded people you'll ever meet, and, and if they even do hear about it, which they do because I read their readers' comments and some of the articles that I write about the book, uh, they make fun of it, they say it's McCarthyite stuff and crazy communist conspiracy stuff. So you know that. So that you know that makes a lot of this even more dismal. But 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 the the, the one kind of saving grace in this is that a, a, at least I know that I, that I've gotten it out there, and uh, and, and and you know th- those those with eyes to see and, and ears to hear they can they they can at least pay attention to it.
4: You know, to be honest with you, communists, uh, left left wing, liberal, progressive, socialists, communist, fascist, status bastards, whatever you want to call them they should read this book because then they'd understand uh, their ideology more, their, their own history. Well,
6: that's right. But, well, that's right. And and, and and I also say, too, in the book, um, which which came out just a few weeks before the court case, I, I said, I honestly don't expect this to change the culture, uh, the courts. I said this is a country and a culture and, and a court system that will redefine marriage. Um, but I, I would really love, I, I'd love to get... Just one email from one liberal, instead of the really unbelievably hateful ones that I've received. I could read one to you right now; it would make your hair stand on end. Uh, but but yeah, I, I would love to get just one email from them saying, you know, um, I'm still for same-sex marriage because I believe in marriage equality, blah blah blah. Uh, but I didn't know this history, and this is disturbing, and I'm I'm sorry to see how my advocacy of marriage equality, yet you're right, Ken Gore does indeed kind of fit into this longer-term agenda by the far left to take apart the family. Uh, I'm not going to change my position because I'm doing it for benevolent purposes. But, uh, but yeah, this is kind of sobering, and I didn't realize this. I, I have a better view now. But they don't do that. And, instead, they'll say, hmm, look at this book, Hate-Filled Homophobe, Nazi. And then, and then that's pretty much, they've got a very binary, for, for, for claiming that they have this high level of sophistication and nuance, they don't. They don't have that at all. For them, either you redefine same-sex marriage or you hate gay people. So, so you know, they're, they're not, um, for, for all their, their prideful education and their Ivy League degrees and everything, they're the most unsophisticated people you'll ever meet.
4: Yeah, I found that same thing. Uh, it's all talking points with them, and they just regurgitate, regurgitate. Well, no matter what you say, they just don't listen. And if you say the right no, thing they and, don't. and you do get through, then they freak out. <laughs> they have right. an explosion. Yeah, yeah it's
6: it, it's it's like a group of facebook talking points i see them over and over and over again and i always have to try to keep wheeling them back to to, to the very basis and say what is marriage and and, and you know, and say something to them like um okay if, if you can come up with your own definition here and you can change it then i want to know by what standard by what standard are you going to be able to tell three men that they can't marry each other or a man of three women, especially if love wins, right? And they love each other. They're consenting adults. Or a stepdad and a and a stepdaughter who are over 18. Or two stepbrothers who are over 18. By what standard are you going to be able to tell them no? Because at that point, you're going to have to set up your own absolutes. You know, ye shall be as gods. You know, you're going to have to come up with your own absolute uh, hard definition of marriage. And then you're going to be the denier, the hater, the, the intolerant one. You know, for me, this is easy. What's my position, my standard? It's the one that's been around for 2,000 years, uh, which I think works best for society and in particular for raising children. But, but you know, as for you, you know, Joe Q and Susie Q, marriage redefiner, I want to know by what standard you're going to tell um, this group of four or five over here that, uh, that, that love can't win for them. So, uh, you know, the, the, you have to keep bringing them back to these basics. But they usually don't want to go there, and they usually just go on to their next Facebook point.
4: Yes, yeah, so and now it's here, so we're going to live through it, and that's unfortunate. But, um, the, I, you know, it's amazing. It's like you say, they throw words at you like McCarthyism, and a lot more like they do, but Black preserves Uncle Tom. They don't even know what they're doing. Uncle Tom's a hero. He's not a bad guy. It's a good guy in a book, and uh, it, they they think words mean something completely different than what they mean. And when you try to explain to them that this means this, and you could show them, they they don't want to hear it. They they literally, I like they put their ears, their hands over their ears, and start going la 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 la. That's right.
6: Yeah, I, I mean, if if you tell a modern American that. Um, her cat is a cat and she wants it to be a dog, then damn it, it's a dog. And, and how dare you? How dare you tell her that it's not? And, and so, you know, if, if they want to redefine marriage to, to include two men or two women and you tell them that, that, that you can't, how dare you? Who are you to say what what marriage is so so they they do this they do this with everything and they're very absolutist about it they're very fire and brimstone about it so they're very kind of uh absolutist about their absolute relativism their absolute individualism and you know you you, look i'm I'm sorry folks but but it's it's going to be really hard to live in a world and society where words just don't mean things and any individual or group or whatever, especially if you get enough people in the culture and enough justices behind it, can redefine it to whatever they mean. I mean, that's going to create a real mess. But, but you know, that's what progressives do. They believe there, there are no absolutes. Everything's always evolving, changing, progressing forward. And uh, this is the kind of, this is the wild careening train wreck, that the secular progressive ideology inevitably produces.
4: You know, it's funny. One of the arguments conservatives always used and, uh, and myself as well, you do this and then, then it's going to open the door to polygamy. And after that, it'll be pedoph- pedophiles. And because after all, it's all love. But the funny thing is right, right here in Montana, uh, someone just, he's trying to get a polygamous marriage, uh, done here in Montana, and if not, he plans to take it to the Supreme Court.
6: Right. Yeah, and look, and, and he and his uh, two uh, would-be wives, they love each other. So, so who are we to say that they can't have a marriage? And, and, I, and I'll tell you what's going to happen, happen here, Brian, is that very soon, it probably won't even take 10 or 20 years or a generation, the very same people on the left who right now are screaming names at us because we're suggesting that their redefinition of male-female marriage is going to lead to polygamy and other arrangements, well, w- once it does lead to polygamy and other arrangements, they'll be the first ones standing in line saying, "Hey, what's wrong with this? These people love each other." And uh, you conservatives, there you are, being haters again, being fascists again. Uh, you guys are really, you guys are really bad, hateful people and and that's what progressives do they they're always progressing it just takes them a little while to kind of get used to it in their minds in their hearts and wherever else but but when they get there and they're ready you better be with them or or they're going to they're going to call you every name in the book
4: you know it's it's nice they call it progressing but progressing towards what because they're going backwards not forwards They always say moving forward, leaning forward, this forward, progress, progress. And all they're doing is going backwards over 200 years. Uh, Every step away from the Constitution is a step backwards. There is no newer or better idea in the world on how a government should should be created and should run. Yeah, well –
6: it, that's right, and their and their idea. I mean, it's, there's a kind of a natural assumption in here that progress is good, that that what you're progressing to is always good, and 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 the one thing is because you're always progressing, and you're always changing, and you're always evolving. There is no set goalpost. The goalpost is always moving. So so if you say to a progressive right now, okay, you call yourself a progressive. Well, I happen to know that 20 years ago, you and Bill and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and the entire Democratic Party supported the Defense of Marriage Act, defining marriages between one man and one woman. So I guess you were a hate-filled homophobe there, too. Uh, but you know, now, suddenly, 20 years later, um, they have a totally different definition of marriage, which also means that 20 years from now, in 2035, um, can can they tell you right now what their position on marriage is going to be in 2035? No, they can't. The answer is they'll tell you when they get there. And I can tell you what my position is going to be in 2035. It's going to be the same one that was around in the year 35, uh, 535, 1935, 2015, you know, one man and one woman the you know, male-female Judeo-Christian historical standard. Um, so my, mine's going to remain the same. Uh, but, but theirs they, they don't even know what it'll be in 20 years. They'll tell you when they get there.
4: Okay, Doctor, we got to wrap this up now. Why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can get your book?
6: <laughs> well, if you can find it in the bookstore, if it hasn't been burnt or <laughs> if, it's not, uh, <laughs> if it's not turned around on the shelf... Or if it's not back in the stockroom, uh, where where uh, some open-minded believer in diversity might might have left it, Yeah, probably the easiest way to get it would just be to go go to Amazon.com and type in Paul Ken Gore takedown.
4: And do you have a web page? I
6: don't. No, I I already get too many emails, and I have enough people that hate me already. <laughs>
4: Okay, thank you, Dr. Paul Kankar. It was, uh, it was a privilege right. having you on, and I hope I hope a lot of people read this book.
6: Okay, thank you very much, Brian.
4: All right, take care, sir. Take care. All right, Dr. Paul Kanger, Welcome back, everybody. Poor
1: guy getting all that e- hate mail. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't get more. I really am. I, they really don't attack you.
4: I get, like, zero.
1: I know. But I mean, even on Twitter, they don't attack you. And I, I got. Well, they tell try
4: you, every once in a while. And that they, was a great. That was
1: a great interview. Was it? Yeah. Oh, good to know.
4: Good. All right, back to the uncooperative radio show. Um, the ups and downs for the week. Well, are you going to finish Clarence Thomas <laughs> after the. I don't know. But, uh, oh, Clarence Thomas. Yes. Yeah.
1: Did you want to finish? I do. Okay. We, we didn't finish. Do a couple minutes, and then we're going to go to our, our next break.
4: Chapter 39 of the original Magna Carta provided. Again, this is uh, Clarence Thomas's dissent. No free man shall be taken, imprisoned, deceased, outlawed, or banished, or any other way destroyed, nor will we proceed against or prosecute him except by the lawful judgment of his peers and by the law of the land. Although the 2015 version of the Magna Carta was in effect for only a few weeks, this provision was later reissued in 1225 with modest changes to its wording as follows. No free man shall be taken or imprisoned or be deceased of his freehold or liberties or free customs or be outlawed or exiled or any otherwise destroyed, nor will we not pass upon him nor condemn him, but by law, lawful judgment of his peers, or by the law of the land. Again, I don't know why we need to discuss the Magna Carta. There's better things to cite than it. Oh, but it's like a legal document. Uh, huh. mm. Yes, our constitution's a legal document too. And it has nothing to do with the Magna Carta. Uh. 1 E. Coke.
1: Yeah, go, go past that. Go in.
4: The second part of the Institutes of the Laws of England, 1797. In his influential commentary on the provision, many later, Sir Edward Coke interpreted the words by the law of the land to mean the same thing as by due process of the common law. After Magna Carta became subject to renewed interest in the 17th century, William Blackstone referred to this provision as protecting the absolute rights of every Englishman. one Blackstone, 123, and the formulated those absolute rights as the right of personal security, which included the right to life, the right of personal liberty, and the right of property. He defined the right of personal liberty as the power of locomotion, of changing situation or removing one's person to whatsoever place one's own inclination may direct without imprisonment or restraint, unless by due process, due course of law. The framers drew heavily upon Blackstone's formulation, adopting provisions in early state constitutions that replicated Magna Carta's language, but were modified to refer specifically to life, liberty, or property. I still, I'm going to say I disagree with this too, uh, even at the state level. They were, the state was, Encouraged, quote unquote, to incorporate as much as the national government's constitution within their own, not the Magna Carta. I've never, I've never disagreed with him this much before in my life. <laughs> I got to go to a break. I just came back.
1: No, you didn't.
4: All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna to go to a short break See you on Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, because We'll be right back.
0: We are the Socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168 That's 800-764-9168 Are payday
2: loans ruining your life? Do you want control over your money again? If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, listen closely. You may be eligible for a program payday loan companies don't want you to know about. A program that may help get aggressive and unfair payday loan companies out of your bank account and get you back on track to financial freedom payday loan companies may trap you into paying outrageously high interest rates and they take way too much of your hard-earned money every week we understand their tactics and know how to keep them off your back we'll fight hard to help you regain control of your money if you have two or more payday loan cash advances call right now for a free consultation 877-314-2657, 877-314-2657, 877-314-2657, 877-314-2657.
4: Hey, and welcome back to the Unquad Radio Show. Let's see if we can get, uh get through this. I don't know that I really want to read it. He's really upset me now.
1: <laughs> you know, truthfully, Brian has had a lot of respect for Clarence Thomas.
4: <sighs> okay. Um... Quoting some more nonsense. Everyone case that has been identified as a possible exception to that view merely used broad language about liberty in the context of a habeas corpus proceeding, a proceeding classically associated with obtaining freedom from physical restraint. In enacting the Fifth Amendment's Due Process Clause, the framers similarly chose to employ the life, liberty, or property formulation. And and it again was an amendment to the Constitution and it was unnecessary, so why are you referring to it? Because the Constitution is not supposed to state what the government cannot do, but what it can do and should be left cannot do to extreme circumstances as in the body of eight and nine, Secretary and Nine of Article One. But Neither here nor there. Due process of the fifth, and took into clause this and that's the that was actually the framers. The uh, I don't. You, they weren't the framers of this, but The the Constitution was already framed. These are amendments to the Constitution put together by James Madison, proffered, proffered by the states, and they proffered over two hundred amendments. I I think last, last I checked, and uh, eventually it got down to the ten. Well, I think uh, I think Rhode Island had sixty four. So anyway, in enacting the Fifth Amendment process Clause uh, formulation, though they otherwise deviated substantially from the state's use of Magna Carta language in the clause, they weren't using Magna Carta language anywhere. And if there was any Blackstone dictionaries there, they were maybe with the Committee of Style, and that would be about it. So maybe they tried to use use it for styling words. I don't know, but this isn't based on the Magna Carta. To, wow, I, I cannot believe he's, he actually has completely bought into this lie. The true meaning of the term liberty in those clauses in the federal and state constitutions would protect life, liberty, and property. When read in light of the history of that formulation, it is hard to see how the liberty protected by the clause could be interpreted to include anything broader than freedom from physical restraint. That was the consistent usage of the time when liberty was paired with life and property, blah, blah, blah. And that usage avoids rendering superfluous those protections for life and property. Yes, but, wow, yes, he's right, but for just the wrong reasons. If the Fifth Amendment used liberty in the narrow sense, then the Fourteenth Amendment likely does as well. See, Hurtado v. California, blah, 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 blah. Indeed, this court has previously commented, the conclusion is irresistible that when the same phrase was employed in the Fourteenth Amendment as was used in the Fifth Amendment, it was used in the same sense and with no greater extent. And this court, and he's wrong about this too, and this court's earliest 14th Amendment decisions appear to interpret the clause as using liberty to be freedom from physical restraint. To back up to where it was wrong here, uh, the 14th Amendment was specifically specifically created to ensure that the Bill of Rights, all the freedoms afforded in the federal constitution would be afforded in the state constitution. I don't like it. It's a slippery slope. It's a bad idea, but it's what the people who made the bill said it meant. Uh, you could, Mr. Bingham in uh, in Congress and Mr. Stevens in uh, the Senate. But the courts held it didn't, right until they decided it did and started incorporating judicial incorporations unconstitutional. Everything almost the the federal courts do is unconstitutional. 14th Amendment was actually, it was because of free uh, black citizens, but it wasn't about slavery. It was specifically stated that he wanted these provisions to apply to all men, all these, uh, not just the blacks. So, at any rate, it didn't extend all the uh, a, really, when, they, when you look at the Privileges and Immunity Clause, and the Due Process Clause and Fifth Amendment, how did it change anything? It didn't change anything in that respect, but it repeated it. Why did it repeat it? It's already stated in the Constitution. Got, there's no need for repetition in the Constitution. Why? Because they intended to, it to apply to the states. That's why they had to repeat it. That had to be repeated in the context of applying to state governments. Do I like it? No, I want to get rid of the Fourteenth Amendment. There's no purpose to it, really. It's all—it's been used, misused. Every part of it's been misused to screw us up. And like I said, see, wasn't a good. It didn't seem like a good idea. I'm still—I'm still, I'm still going to say they're—they're they're right for all the wrong reasons. I went back and had to study all. Oh man, it took me six months. I had to go through all the minutes of Congress around that time period to just try and find where it started. And then I had to, and then I had to sift through it all from there because, you know, they go back and forth. They don't just do, it's not like everything is done at once. It's like tabled. We'll get back to it. We'll move on to new business. That happened at the convention too, which is why it's incredibly difficult for me to point to anything from the convention notes because they're, you know, it's not linear you gotta jump around because it comes back at a committee. It would take a long time to go through and and try and footnote all that and certainly, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, so the fifth amendment uses liberty in this narrow sense then the fourteenth also The conclusion is irresistible i don't i the conclusion may be, but your arguments fall flat. I, I see. He's, he's been a he's been a lawyer for too long. He's been he's been a Supreme Court justice for too long. have been around those
1: people for too long. That's right. That's why I don't think they should have lifetime appointments. I disagree.
4: They, but they're not. Unless you, this is bad behavior. You get fired. That's what's supposed to happen. They get impeached. But nobody wants to do it. But it's that's what you're supposed to do. Because oh, oh yes, well, well that'd be creepy. You know, it would sure turn over constantly. That's right. Yeah, but why? no, here we go again. Let's amend the Constitution to fix what they're doing wrong. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with the Constitution. The Supreme Court is living outside the boundaries of the Constitution. Therefore, no amendments to the Constitution will do anything but screw up the Constitution.
1: Right, and what you're saying is to impeach them, because what we created was a sound off. Term of limits people. just ensure
4: you're gonna get, you're gonna take good people and wipe them away. If you say, oh, they can only serve for eight years, okay, that sounds great, but uh, now you got this great juris mind on the court. But term limits, sorry, you're gone. It, but you know what? You won't care. It's the Supreme Court. It will have nothing to do with your life. All the stuff they do right now. Internally, it's almost all unconstitutional. The over... Everything, the federal government, all three non-co-equal branches, and they never were, non-co-equal branches, was supposed to do. Foreign stuff. Not domestic. There was always little exceptions domestically. Like, well, Congress can call up the militia. Yes, if, and with permission of the governor... It is necessary to put down insurrection or invasion. Correct. They cannot call up the militia to send them overseas. But it doesn't say that in the Constitution. Yes, that's right. And if it doesn't say it, they can't do it. You can't look at the Constitution. No Constitution could ever cover everything you don't want the government to do because it's the majority of things you don't want the government to do it is only the minority that they were allowed to do or that we want them to do you'll love it when we get back to it it scares the piss out of you right now but trust me on this what you actually are free and prosperous it'll be wondrous all right, uh, even assuming that the liberty in the clause encompasses something more than freedom from physical restraint, it would not include the types of rights claimed by the majority. In the American legal tradition, liberty has long been understood as individual freedom from governmental action, not as a right to to a particular governmental entitlement. The founding era understanding of liberty was heavily influenced by John Locke, whose writings on natural rights and on the social and governmental contract were cited. Now, if you want to know what a social contract is, ladies and gentlemen, read Vittel's Laws of Nations and John Locke. Uh, In Vittel, go to the citizenship section. If you don't know where that is, you can go to my blog on cooperativeblogger.com. Just do a search for uh, natural born citizen. Anyway, it will point you to the citizenship area where... He talks about it. John Locke, on the other hand, I don't remember where, just in general. But again, you can find the exact... You can go right to Vitell online and read the exact thing that refers to citizenship and what a social contract means. Not the left-wing liberal progressive social economy fascist state bastards idea of what it should be. Or claiming what it is, I should say. Um... Cited the pamphlet after pamphlet by American writers B. Balin, The Ideological Origins of the American Revolution, 27, 1967, Locke described men as existing in a state of nature, possessed of the perfect freedom to order their actions and dispose of their possessions and persons as they think fit within the bounds of the law of nature, without asking leave, or depending upon the will of any other man. John Locke's Second Treatise of Civil Government, subsection 4, page 4, paragraph 4, I'm sorry. Uh, because that state of nature left men insecure in their persons and property, they entered civil society, trading a portion of their natural liberty for an increase in their security. See blah blah. Upon consenting to that order, men obtain civil liberty, or the freedom to be under no other legislative power but that established by consent in the commonwealth, nor under the dominion of any will or restraint of any law, but what the legislative shall enact according to the trust put in it. The philosophy permeated the 18th century political scene in America— In 1756, editorial in the Boston Gazette, for example, declared that liberty in the state of nature was the inherent natural right of each man to make a free use of his reason and understanding and to choose that action which he thinks he can give the best account of, but that in society every man parts with a small share of his natural liberty or lodges it in the public stock and he may possess the remainder without control. Boston Gazette and Country Journal number 58, May 10, 1756, Paragraph 1. Uh, similar sentiments were expressed in public speeches, sermons, and letters of the time. And it says a lot of footnotes. Um, Heinen and D. Lutz, American political writing during the founding era, 1760-1805, to 1805, the founding era idea of civil liberty as natural liberty constrained by human law necessarily involved only those freedoms that existed outside of government. Blah, 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 blah. As one not later commenter observed, liberty in the 18th century was thought of much more in relation to negative liberty. That is freedom from, not freedom to. Freedom from a number of social and political evils including arbitrary government power. The concept of liberty in the age of the American Revolution, or as one scholar put it in 1776, the common idea of liberty is merely negative and is only the absence of restraint. Observations on the nature of civil liberty and the principles of government, blah, 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 when the colonists describe laws that would infringe their liberties, they dis laws that would prohibit individuals from walking in the streets and highways on certain saints' day, or from being abroad after a certain time in the evening, or restrain them from working up and manufacturing materials of their own growth. Drower et Discourse, at the dedication of the Tree of Liberty, in blah blah blah, each of those examples involved freedoms that existed outside of government. Whether we define liberty as locomotion or freedom from government action more broadly, petitioners have in no way been deprived of it. And it continues to go on with that way too long for me to do the whole thing. Uh, I think that pretty, I like the way that's summed up on liberty though. And I think we'll leave it there. And go on with the show, which is the ups and downs for the week. Yep. Wow, that usually happens in the beginning. (laughs)
1: a lot going on this
4: time. Not really. <laughs> Actually, I have way too much material to present. All right, the ups and downs. What do we get up from the Associated Press? Steven Rebensdorf has numerous flags flying atop his canopy tent inside Daytona National Speedway.
1: It says international. You said national. I hate the yeah, I know you do. <laughs> anyway, before we go on with it.
4: They should have done that before I started talking. <laughs>
1: I wanted to see if you were going to say national or international first.
4: I said national. I know you did. <laughs> All right, we're going to, go to commercial <laughs> breaks. and Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned because we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: We built this city on rock and That's the reason I'm running for president because I still believe in that idea. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham
3: star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain. Return to Saddlesore
2: Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Uh, what shall we do about evil?
5: Uh, that's that's a good question. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh. Uh, evil exists. We see it all the time in the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spy. Defeat
0: it. Defeat it. Let me just say... The Recovery Act and our actions to fix the financial system were decisive in starting to turn the economy around. Growing Uh, at a good clip. I'm calling this the the summer of recovery.
1: The summer of recovery. Or I might even call it the
0: summer of projects. Our economy is stronger... That economic heartbeat is growing stronger. All of them have projects that are shovel-ready. Shovel-ready projects. Shovel-ready projects. We are seeing shovels hit the ground. Shovel-ready was not as uh, (laughs) shovel-ready as we expected. The next two years, our job now is putting our economy into overdrive. This is Obama's economy. That's fine. Give it to me. Hi, this is
6: Jeff Carlisi from the Band 38 Special. The mainstream media has failed the American people once again. Internet radio networks like Red State Talk Radio will not fail you. Tune in 24 hours a day, Studios A and B. Great conservative programming around the clock. Red State Talk Radio,
0: the dominant force in Internet conservative talk radio.
3: I have found that a certain type that calls himself a liberal i always thought i was a liberal (laughs) i came up terribly surprised one time when i found that i was a right-wing conservative (laughs) extremist when i I have listened to everybody's point of view that i ever met and then decide how i should feel i mean but these this so-called new liberal group uh Jesus, they never, they never listen to your point of view and they make a decision as to what you think and uh, they're articulate enough and in control of enough of the press to force that uh, uh, image out for the average person.
5: Q Howard. I don't have to tell you things are bad, everybody knows things are bad, it's a depression Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. I want you to get up right now. Get up. Stay with Go them. to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations is this You've got right? to get mad. I know I'm it was to Louisville in Atlanta. I'm not going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the Depression and the inflation and the oil crisis. But first, get up out of your chairs, open the window, stick your head out and yell, and say, I'm as mad.
3: I am not going to take this
4: anymore. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Back to the ups and downs for the week, which we just started. Enough from the Associated Press. Steven Robbenstorff has numerous flags flying atop his canopy tent inside Daytona International Speedway. The Confederate flag is front and center. It's been like that for years, and the 57-year-old... Let's be... NASCAR, really? Who started NASCAR, ladies and gentlemen? Southerners. Moonshiners. That's what NASCAR came out of. The General Lee race NASCAR. It was a bunch of good old boys on dirt tracks. That's where NASCAR started. With stock cars. It's built into this unbelievable sport. And what's the first thing they want to do? Is actually smack in the face the crowd, their core crowd, and the people that invented them? There was the Stars and Bars and NASCAR since day one. I can guarantee that. And long before. In fact, racing started in Long Island, New York, may I point out? Suffolk County. I was amazed, too. But that was the very first commercial oh, racetrack where they were doing races was in Islip, New York, right? It's Islip Bay Bayshore. Islip. It was seven
1: blocks from where I lived.
4: Well, it was also not far from Brentwood, where my grandmother lived.
1: Yeah, because I would go to sleep every weekend hearing the races. Yes. And the announcement. I a, did too. Growing up as a child.
4: Not so much the announcements, but I could hear the I could hear the. I races. was
1: literally seven blocks, so I was in walking distance. Because when I turned 14, that was 16. I can't believe I can't job. remember.
4: It's called Isolde Speedway. I started it's racing Isle of there. Speedway,
1: yeah, the demolition derby.
4: Figure eights.
1: Yep. I used to eat their hot dogs. I got them for free because I was an employee. <laughs> 16. Yeah, their
4: hot dogs weren't that great. <laughs> but uh, the racing was really good. I love, I loved the dirt racing with the midgets. That was so my favorite. It was hot in the summer, Midget though. cars, wow. not midget midgets. Midget cars. Get your head out of the PC world, will you? <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. I like the way they used to drift around the curves and stuff with yeah, dirt tracks. To, and...
1: I walked to work, and I'd walk home. It was a weekend job, yeah. and it was pretty cool.
4: I started dirt track. I loved it.
1: Anyway, it, back to this. <laughs>
4: Too much reminiscing. <laughs> Too much reminiscing? <laughs> all right. Where was I? I was talking about Robbenstorf. That's all I know. It's a funny name.
1: Yeah. He, he. Did you say they'd have to come and get it?
4: No, not yet. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's been like that for years. Anyway, oh. they'd have to come and get it, Robenst- Rebenstorff said Saturday, pointing that his American flag purposely flies a few inches higher than the rest. That's how it's supposed they to be. They all that's how it has to be. <laughs> it, has to
1: be. That's it has to fly higher.
4: Yep. And it and not a few inches. It should be obvious, frankly. Uh, oh you don't notice it. Well if you don't notice it you're not giving it the proper respect. Now, I don't care intent. Spirit of the law. We're bringing back the spirit of the law. I haven't heard I haven't heard spirit of law except for me for over two decades now probably more because that's the problem. Nobody's upholding the spirit of the law anymore, which is what they're supposed to do. Rob Reavisoff and others staunchly defended their Confederate flags at NASCAR's first race in the South since the racing series and its trucks urged fans to no longer wave the banner. Well, wow, I I could really get into racing trucks. I've never done that. That'd be cool.
1: You know, you said two things when this was coming out. You said either the people were going to boycott
4: or they were going to bring. Right. And some did boycott, but you don't know who they are because they just stayed home. <laughs> uh, it's, look, you're going to tell me, you're going to spit on uh, my, my heritage isn't welcome. I'm, I, I'm amazed at this. You could say this to Southerners, but how about black folk? Your heritage is not I don't, I don't think you'd ever hear that. Well, those stars and bars are a bunch of slavery. Nah, you, don't, you really don't understand anything. If you really think that flag represents slavery, it does not. It, it represents independence and... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. It just... it. it, it the, the right to succeed. <laughs> the, the, the right to stand up to... Tyranny. An, to tyranny, right. That's what it stands for. It doesn't stand for slavery. And you can see how much the tyranny's grown over the years. Don't you think we need those good old boys? They love America. Well, no, very small part, don't like black people that's that is honestly the minority i live down this top i i used to talk and interact with them all the time They're, it's not it's not it's not what you think not all white southerners do not hate black folk it's not true well first of all it could be true i was down there and i didn't you know heck i used to give all my extra pig parts to the um uh, i forget her name now um she was a, a She was like she was adopted <laughs> by a friend of mine, David, and uh you know, she found out I was slaughtered pigs, but I was just learning how to do all that stuff, you know. I didn't know what to do with the offal and the, the brain know, the organs and the stuff. And uh, the head. And she wanted all that stuff. So I used to bring it to I used to bring it to her and she'd thank me so much and she'd go make delicious food out of it. I never learned how because I was too busy learning other things to go that southern far. Southern
1: black woman, and you know, to the point that well, my husband, Brian's a really good-looking guy, so he was. She was trying to marry him off to her granddaughters.
4: <laughs> no, nobody was talking about marriage. Let's not go down that road. No, that was had nothing to do with marriage, nor the fact that I was already married. None of which seems to have mattered at all. Now I can, you know, when you think about it, now I can understand why a lot of white guys have black mistresses. They're, they're a lot more free about sex than white people are. Or some of them, scarily so. Yeah, you found, Very that pushy. In, you
1: found that in New York in the ghetto, too.
4: Down south, too. Big black women. Oh, and you know,
1: everybody, Woo! get over it. They're um,
4: strong women. <laughs> stereotypes
1: are real.
4: Oh, yeah, stereotypes all come from some, from some fact, you know, I mean. It's just the way it is. Does it apply to everybody? Of, of
1: course not. Of course
4: not. But it's a stereotype. It means that, well, yeah, but probably the majority. Like, uh, all Irishmen like to drink and fight. It's not true. Not all Irishmen like to drink and fight. I like to drink. I don't like to fight. Not unless it's, you know, in a ring with rules and such. I, I don't want to kill people. But uh, I don't like barroom brawls. There's too much damage done. And then, you know, you might be held accountable for all that damage. Uh, just just saying. I've never been... I'm not really into hurting people either, so... That's my thing. I know there is some that are. Anyway, NASCAR. This is just going to jump all over NASCAR. Uh, it should, anyway. I can't believe that they... I You know, I'm starting to wonder if what Walmart said was true. That the government ordered them
1: it wasn't Walmart it was Amazon
4: was it amazon it was amazon it okay, was all amazon. over the
1: internet this weekend
4: if they really ordered them not to carry the, not to sell the flag anymore, what would it do you think they might not call nascar <laughs> call the head of nascar and say uh we don't want to see any confederate flags there anymore i swear man this is like this is like this is worse than having the italian mafia up there in charge, I'd rather have. I, I know who they are. I'd rather have even, Italian Mafia up there yeah, right we now. Could I'll nego- tell you right now, our economy would be good.
1: <laughs> and we could negotiate with them
4: <laughs> someday. i might ask you a favor. <laughs> uh, anyway,
1: <laughs> it kills me.
4: Uh, do we really have to read his opinion on it? Who cares? It kills me that NASCAR is jumping on the bandwagon. It's a 55 year old Paul Stevens of nearby Port Orange. Uh, they should just let it pass, let everything die down. But NASCAR is too quick to try to be politically correct like everybody else. That's the last thing Southerners like is political correctness, by the way. That's one of the things I love about them. NASCAR took a stance on the Confederate flag after last month's South Carolina church massacre, which had nothing to do with the Confederate flag. <clears throat> it backed Governor Nikki Haley, who was a giant conservative disappointment. Now. Called to remove it from the State House grounds and noted it doesn't allow the flag on anything it sanctions. The series stopped short of banning flags from displaying uh, fans from uh, displaying the flags at its events, but Daytona and twenty-nine other tracks asked fans to refrain from flying them. I would come covered in the well... stars and bars. The truck would be painted into stars into bars, and the bars. It'd be hauling a trailer covered with flags of the stars and the bars. I'd be painted to look like the stars and the bars, <laughs> and I'd like to see what they're going to do to stop me from going to watch NASCAR. That's one of the reasons I'm called uncooperative. Anyway, not everyone obliged. Daytona also offered to exchange Confederate flags. For American flags this weekend, and track officials said uh, a few made the swap.
1: Okay, just go down to where they're describing. They're gonna. I don't know they where saw. they're describing. Anything. I do. I do. It's well, not... you're
4: not reading. You're not in control.
1: Okay. All right. Oh no,
4: she's out of control. Spotting
1: the spotting. <laughs> Stop. What? It's <Stop. laughs> up. Spot, but spotting a Confederate flag is easier than finding a souvenir shop, rest restroom, or beer stand. <laughs> That's what they did. Uh-uh. <laughs>
4: The first motorhome located inside the Turn 4 tunnel has one flying high above it, and it doesn't take long to reach double figures when counting them on a stroll through the infield. They're on clothing, coolers, cars, and even tattooed on skin. I said I'd get a belt buckle. That's not as far as I'm going. they are
1: not going to get a tattoo.
4: No one sees me anyway. There's no point in me getting a belt buckle. Larry Reeves of Jacksonville Beach has a tattered confederate flag on top of his motorhome. He initially thought NASCAR was banning the banner and didn't display it this week. But once he saw some flying around him and asked a few questions, he realized it was voluntary and quickly sent his back up the pole. It's just a Southern pride thing, the 66-year-old Reeves said. It's nothing racist or anything. I've been doing this for 30 years. My family is from Alabama, and we've been doing going to Talladega forever. I should know how to say that. It's the Talladega Nights was probably the only decent movie that freak made. Honestly, it was okay to watch. I can't watch any of his other stuff. Anyway. It isn't a Confederate thing so much as it is a NASCAR thing. That's why I fly it. Like others at Daytona, Reeves believes the flag flap is a much do about nothing. It's not a big deal one way or the other, He said. If I can't fly it, I won't. But if I don't have to take it down, I'm just going to leave it up. I don't like watching cars go in circles enough to do anything they want me to do. <laughs> I mean, it... it it loses its attraction, making left turns all day. <laughs> I did it. I got bored. Man. I like figure eights. I like uh, I like the figure eights, demolition derbies, controlled chaos kind of stuff. I got bored going left around a circle all the time. I really did. I, not that it wasn't, not that it wasn't challenging. I I was known to crash or 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 finish, meaning I'd finish in the top three or I'd crash. That was it because I, I was just crazy. I just, I, I would go way too fast. I pushed the whole field too fast. And, uh, sooner or later, something would bump. Besides back then, we, we weren't very gentlemanly about racing. It wasn't like you weren't allowed to bump people. You were. And so you had to, you had to put up with people trying to run you into the wall. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> i I absolutely love running people into the wall i must admit uh i've I've ate it i've ate the wall quite a bit too so uh i've given better than i've got but still i've paid my dues
1: anyway you can move on from this because i just wanted to show the folks out there that uh yeah we're not taking this political correctness nonsense lying down anymore and you wanted a war homosexuals guess what you got one because we weren't turning our eyes towards you you made us so suck it up because what's coming your down the pike, you're not. This has lie. nothing
4: to do with the decision. This is going to have to do with the way they're behaving. They are trying. They are going on a full out war against Christianity, and this is the last straw for people like me that have been uh, defending Christianity. I'm not even a Christian. Uh, I cannot believe that this could even be considered. Christians founded this nation. Christians founded it on religious freedom. For Christianity, they didn't say anything about They didn't even know anything about anything else. But, but you could say for all religions, that's nice too. But specifically for Christianity. Because they weren't allowed to openly, freely worship the, their God and their religion. They weren't allowed to do what they wanted to do. So now they're doing this. They have been saying this for decades. The left is trying to drive Christians back to the catacombs. It's all right, you can be a Christian, but leave it at home. Leave it at home? You can't leave Christianity at home. It's This is insane, ladies and gentlemen. That I, I can't believe watching this for decades now that it's gotten this far. I, I can't believe, I never thought that you all put up with it. It's it just, you, uh, this, this, this is past the problem. We better start moving here. Those sitting in the, in the background listening to talk radio and not doing anything—it's time for you to do things. And I'm not talking emails and faxes. I'm talking about discussing openly discussing this stuff with your neighbors, friends, coworkers, everybody. Enough is enough. We are we are already enslaved. It's just now. It's just a point as to how bad it's going to get. I... Anything you could do matters. Picking it up the phone, you have contacts, you know people that would be good to put it to office, whatever the case may be. Or you can knock on doors, you know, shake people's heads, talk to them, or you can run for office yourself. There's, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. Do it all locally from the ground up. Don't be wasting your time with the national government because nothing up there is going to matter when we're done. And that's never going to turn into the Constitutional Republic on its own, ever. I don't care who you send up there. Look, we send Tea Party up there. The only the real good thing about this is look what it exposed. Look at the leadership. Bader and McConnell. Just flaunting the fact that you just re-elected them and they're not going to do what they promised you were going to do. That's just nonsense. What do you mean? was it wasn't nonsense when you wanted my vote? And you people that voted them back in. My lord, we've been screaming at you not to do this forever now. All right. I've had a bad week. <laughs> Uh, Okay, Uh, down, unfortunately, from Fox News. Greeks overwhelmingly rejected creditors' demands for more austerity. See, more austerity. Well, since they have zero austerity, anything would be more, right? They have zero. They don't understand austerity. They think cuts to public services while still going into debt, is austerity. Austerity is not going into debt and cut till it hurts. That's austerity. And then when it hurts, you just cut a little deeper. That's austerity. But you balance the budget and you pay your bills. And you pay off your debt. The notion that austerity is just going into debt a little less than we would have went into debt if we hadn't had austerity is the kind of nonsense you expect from progressives. I can't believe that the whole of Greek is full of them. That's what they want to turn us into. Look look what's happened over there. Those people are bought. Look, they expect all this from the government and they insist on it. Regardless of the fact, they can't pay for it. Now they're getting upset because the people that are paying for it no longer want to pay for it because, well, hell, you can't pay me back. How dare they stop our entitlements? Rich bankers are evil. What a bunch of useful idiots. Just like the left over here. Morons. Most of them think... That this socialist thing is going to be awesome, and they're going to be part of the in-crowd, and most of them are all going to be fodder, and they're going to be tossed aside. There's a few elites take power, and that's the way it works. Uh, and and when the Muslims are in the mix, usually the Muslims take power. Uh, it, that's just for bad for worse right there. So what's going to happen? They're, they're, they refuse more austerity. They haven't even had austerity in return for rescue loans in a critical referendum on Sunday, backing Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras, who insisted the vote would give him a stronger hand to reach a better deal. Tsipras gambled the future of his five-month-old left-wing government on the vote. The opposition accused him of jeopardizing the country's membership in the 19-nation club and uses the euro and said yes, Vote was about keeping the common currency. With 70% of the votes counted, the no side had more than 60%. The Interior Minister predicted that margin would hold. Finance Minister Yanis Varoufakis said Sunday night that creditors planned from the start to shut down banks to humiliate Greeks and force them to make a statement of contrition For showing that debt and loans were unsustainable. The arrogance of these people. Can you believe it? On Sunday nights, this is what the millennials are like. We've created Greece. Grecians. (laughs) Modern day Grecians coming out of our colleges. Actually makes a little sense though. Considering, you know, the Greek... uh, Um, uh, what do they call those things? Sorority houses. Are far, uh, that's the female sorority, and the other one is fraternity. Yeah, the Greek fraternities. Anyway, uh, maybe that's why they're all turning Grecian. I'm just saying, at least there's some notion of sense there compared to what we're doing to our children. On Sunday night's result, he said that no is a big yes to democratic Europe. It's a no to the vision of Europe, and an infinite cage for its people. It is allowed yes to the vision of the eurozone as a common area of prosperity and social justice. Thousands, of, yeah, social justice is great, it, until you run out of somebody else's justice. That's what happened in Greece. They ran, they ran out of other people's money to spend, and now they're they're incensed. They. That should they, they under the notion that the world exists like on, on fairy money. You could just print all you want and do what you want. And, and it has no consequences. They're wrong. And so are your left-wing progs. And it has nothing to do with the United States of America that has done nothing but free people from poverty all over the world. thousands of greek of government supporters gathered in central athens in celebration waving greek flags and chanting no 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 original we don't want austerity measures anymore this has been happening for the last 5 years and it has driven so many into poverty we can't take any more austerity said athens resident giannis kavisis 26 holding a large Greek flag in the city's main square hey doofus what do you think is gonna happen now you think you're who how are you going to pay for these programs they, you're not they're not giving you the money because you didn't agree to the terms so now you have no money to pay for all the things that you didn't want taken away from you that you can't pay for so this was brilliant this is left wing pretzel logic right there to this idiot this is a good thing because he understands world economy so well so much better than everybody else well anybody knows it better than the economists they follow kinsey and economics uh but we'll just throw those out and say they're not economists because they're not by now they know it's garbage they should know it's all it's all just now it's just all a a bait and switch, you know. It's all shell game. Again, they're in cover-up mode as always. I, I'm, we got to watch Greece because I'm curious as to what's what's going to happen next. Are they going to drop the euro and go with the Greek currency only? See, then you know if they don't have to deal with any other countries. I mean, you can create your own little microeconomy, I guess, inside of Greece. It only work inside of Greece. It's going to be interesting because you're hearing the people screaming. The people are screaming that they don't want more austerity. They want more government cheese. And the problem is there is no government cheese, so the government has to borrow somebody else's cheese, and the other person doesn't want to loan their cheese anymore because Greece has got too cheesy and they're not going to pay it back. Governing left-wing Syriza party, Euro Deputy Demetrius Papadopoulos said that Greek people are proving they want to remain in Europe as equal members and not as a debt colony. The referendum was Greek's first and fourth. You, you don't want to be a debt colony? We understand that. Then why did you do all the things to make yourself a debt colony? And why do you want to continue to do them now that you are a debt colony? See, That's what's happening here. This is stupid. I
1: I can't believe you said his name. When I was reading that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him with that name.
4: Ha! I grew up around Greeks. I grew up around all kinds of immigrants. Uh, Italians, (laughs) Greeks. Do you see? uh, Chinese.
1: These people's logic. This is what... This is a logic.
4: This is pretzel logic.
1: And this is what the left is over here in the commies.
4: And, And some of it's complete... Kool Aid delusionary. Uh, this is just that like no sane person could could believe this or say these things.
1: See, there to me now I'm finding out that there's two groups of people here. They're all got, they all want to destroy our country, but we call them useful idiots. Well, the co- the real communists and Bolsheviks they're extremely intelligent. They know how to manipulate people because there's these people are being manip- manipulated as well. These are the idiots. But that's the common man,
4: and that's exactly what's happening here. The common men are useful idiots. That's a... Is he a Stalin or Lenin? I think it's Stalin. You know, I know. There ain't that much difference between them, even though they thought they were millions of miles apart. (laughs) Stalin, Lenin? Really? What was the big difference here? It it all goes to the same place, just like... All you left-wing liberal, progressive, socialist, commie, fascist, statist bastards. I said it a little slower this time, so maybe you could try and mimic it. I I should have a contest. Have people record themselves doing that.
1: (laughs) Who are they going to send it to, me? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I figured.
4: (laughs) Well, you're the producer. Anyway. I don't
1: think we've ever said my email address
4: not in a long time
1: it, if you want to email me it's uncooperativeproducer at com. one word
4: the hard thing though is if, if people have problems um, spelling uncooperative, uncooperative. Uh, use your spell checker in your word processor. do it in there then copy and paste it it's a trick when I don't know a word uh, I used to go to I used to pop it in my word processor to check the spelling and uh now i just do it online if you want to if if you think you're up to that you can just put definition colon space and the word and the dictionary will come up and you tell you how to spell it not only that google will go are you sure you you didn't mean this <laughs> this the search the search does it for you yes it's google that does it but i do it through Start page so google doesn't know that i'm doing it you should be using Start page too and frankly all my Linux people out there, I'm dropped Chrome for Chromium. Chrome's spying on you. They're turning on the microphones and listening to what's going on in the room, using it to decide what kind of uh, products they might want us. That's their. That's what their rationale that's is. That's anyway. their story and they're sticking to it. What products you'd it. be interested in? <laughs> I don't want me. I don't care. You don't get to listen into my home to figure that out. You figure it out like everybody else. Guess. Have a good idea and test it. <laughs> so if you didn't know about this, go ahead and do a search. You'll find it. Uh, it's not as it's not in the mainstream. So you're not going to find it there. And there's an oh, you can opt out. Only there's really no way to opt out, but they say you can opt out. But they don't tell you you can opt out or how to opt out, but you can. Start page and Chromium. Chromium being the code that Chrome, Google, Chrome, Google gave to the community at large to do it what they want. And it's been in the people's hands, let's say, for a while now. And since they worked out all the bugs with flash and all that it works fine for me so if you're on linux chromium you guys on uh windows and mac i have no idea what to tell you <laughs> i uh i don't know what you can do i don't know i don't know if safari has uh, uh similar things going on that's the thing till it was exposed google didn't let anybody know this So how do we know that Safari doesn't have the same thing going on or it's, it's disconcerting. The reason I am trust, I guess I would say your best bet is Firefox, but there's issues with the people that do Firefox that the Linux community is not happy with, uh, which is why I use Chromium. But if you're stuck on Microsoft windows and there's really no reason to be, but if you are, I'd recommend Firefox. As the best bet for a browser. Mac, Safari has always been your browser, which means it's likely the most to be hijacked, which means I'd probably think of doing something else. You have to do your own legwork, though. Maybe opera. Yeah.
1: Go to the end of this article, because this is the most important part. Go to the end of the article, Go. because to the
4: most important part.
1: Yep. up uh, the last paragraph.
4: A number of European politicians, including Joran jizzle broom. wow
1: <laughs> i knew i'd get you with that one
4: jizzle bloom no well, <laughs> i think i said it right the jizzle bloom it's kind of a weird that it because i i've listened to i've watched a lot of viking stuff so I've, i I kind of get those those names but this one's i i've never seen this before i'll just i gotta spell this just for the sake of i've never seen this name before d i j S-S-E-L-B-L-O-E-M. The jizzle boom. type. There you go. The top Eurozone official have said a no vote would jeopardize Greece's place in the 19-nation Eurozone. Investors are also likely to believe a no win increases the chance of so-called g g it, I guess Grexit. Greece exit. Where Greece returns to its own old currency, which is what I predicted. I said was a possibility.
1: But who's going to honor it?
4: Well, so the problem is going to be <laughs> doing anything with trade. The problem, you can create, I said your own microcosm. It's, it's if it stays there, you know, it's amazing what you could get away with. But once you try and, now... You have to trade with foreigners you have to give foreigners what they want for what you want. That's how trade works. If your currency's worth crap, you gotta pay like a million I forget what their Drachnar's I think is their Drachnars. Uh, whatever it is, but something like that. A uh, million Drachnars for a loaf of bread. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a problem. Yeah, inside in the microcosm. You have a million drachnars to buy a loaf of bread. But you've got to carry all those Drogdnars to the store. At least nowadays you can do it electronically, so you won't be like the old man in the wheelbarrow. It's the same thing. Your money is worth crap.
1: You're right. It is that.
4: Drogdnars? Yep. Uh, I used to study ancient Greece. Alexander the Great was one of my heroes because he was a teenage emperor, uh conqueror and I was I was a young well I mean young teenager like 12 and I was I was a young I was I think about that age or younger and I was I was just into chess I was eating up the wor- world on chess man I was beating everybody and anybody uh, anybody challenged me I was just and it, and I used to But I used to think of my study, I used to study Alexander the Great's strategies, war strategies, battle strategies, and used to try to apply them to chess. And it worked. I started, because it's nothing anybody had seen at the time, I guess, because I didn't learn to memorize the Roman defense and the the Sicilian offense. And it's like, I have no idea. But uh, I gave that up a long time ago when I couldn't find anybody to play with anymore and I just found someone to play chess with again, and now he's gone.
1: <laughs> or Brian.
4: All right, moving along to an uptown. Way too much <laughs> TMI there. From cnsnews.com, hundreds of people gathered on the Burnside Bridge in downtown Portland, Oregon, late Tuesday, and counted down the minutes to midnight. Then they simultaneously lit up to celebrate an initiative legalizing recreational marijuana, which went into effect July the 1st. Although public pot smoking is still not permitted, the Weed the People event... The Weed the People. Weed the People event.
1: A Weed the People event.
4: Okay, the A? No, that's not part of their title. That's just A, it is, Weed the People event. And it's an event, but we, the people, weed, the people is the name of it. I know. I no, talking. you didn't. You just kept, you tried to correct me. Now no, I'm no, laughing
1: no. about that. It's uh, weed no. and the people. No. I think that's great.
4: <laughs> now she's just covering.
1: No, because this is actually about liberty. This is about states' rights and liberty. And I love that they did this right around the 4th of July. Well, actually, this time it was the July 2nd, which is even better. Because this is liberty, people. This is states' rights.
4: Okay. Although public pot smoking is still not permitted, (laughs) a Weed the People event with sharing and sampling from Oregon's best growers is also planned for July the 3rd. Pot users still can't buy or sell marijuana legally until licensed retail shops open which will be next year at the earliest, according to the Oregon chapter of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Normal.
1: Now, why would it take that long for a business to be established? It's ridiculous.
4: Government regulations and controls. They're they screw. It, it seems like uh, it's a nice freedom thing, but they're screwing. They're screwing up. The legislature's not letting it be free market. They they are taxing the crap out of them. They can't. No bank will do business with them because of the federal government. So it's a cash business, which make, which makes things more complicated, and uh, brings crime into it. And the regulation and all the taxes makes the cost uh, as expensive as illegal marijuana as a matter of fact i'm willing to bet illegal will undersell legal because otherwise they're out of business
1: well with this waiting for a year that means especially the people who are using who oh, sick for uh, ma- cancer dying right. of cancer they're, they're going to be if they get it they're going to be able to be put in jail you think this is going to stop these people are still going to get this and now they have to wait for a year to be legal so, so they're going to be illegal for a year
4: jails full of people that just wanted to smoke marijuana
1: I know that, Brian. Again, government intrusion.
4: Yes. It never makes anything good. So stop doing it. Just think of our government like a Stephen King novel. It's very scary, and you don't want to go there. Uh, Just no more government. Government's evil. Whatever, it doesn't matter the intention. Whatever bureaucrat touches it will be corrupt and it will be corrupted and the more of it there is the more corruption it'll be and the more you'll ask for more and then there'll be more corruption then you'll oh, we need more what are, what are you doing David? Do you, you notice every time you made more government we had more corruption more taxes higher prices for stuff you haven't figured any of this out yet
1: you know what? And this also goes for all the beautiful homosexuals out there. If you want to join our group with uh, Snap the Rubber Band when you want a law enacted, you can make it a rainbow law if you want. I mean, a rainbow, not a rainbow rubber band. They already made a rainbow law, by the way.
4: I don't... What nope. the
1: Supreme Court did is a rainbow law.
4: I don't know. I just know if uh, they it keeps. If they keep going the where they're going, this is going to get ugly. Very, very ugly. But this is another way. Because they're of- going to push. They're going to keep pushing until we push back. And when we push back, we're going to push back hard. Because that's what happens. When you push for a long time, it builds up. And when the person lets go, all of that comes back.
1: It's like trapping a rat in the corner.
4: It's like redistribution of energy. Well, I should say redirection. So this should be see, a- they've affected my mind. I wanted to say redirection. I said redistribute. Uh, no, no, redirection of course. So power. this should
1: have been an up-down, in my opinion. I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, because I I did a brain fart and didn't realize it's going to take a freaking year for this to come into effect.
4: I don't think anyone cares what you call them. I mean, hey. other, other than to see whether <laughs> I'm going to change them or... I or actually you know,
1: just changed my own.
4: That's what I mean. I don't think they... <laughs> It's not that, I don't think it's that important that you have to correct yourself. It's, it's kind of self-correcting. All right. Uh, <laughs> normal. N-O-R-M-L. National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. And now all you anti-drug people out there that don't already understand that drug laws are unconstitutional uh, or and still want to think inside the game plan, how, how do you explain LEAP? Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, they've been around for, well, uh, probably a decade at least. Almost a decade. There's police officers that realize they're wasting their time on this crap and putting citizens behind bars for nothing. They've been saying it for a long, long time. And you do know that nobody amended the Constitution to allow them to outlaw drugs, right? Hmm. I come on if if that doesn't make you think if you don't already understand what I said, if and think the opposite the what I say did make you think, huh, just a minute, just huh, really, then you're a complete ideologue the measure ninety one initiative making Oregon the fourth state to legalize recreational pot was originally approved by voters in a statewide ballot on November the 4th, 2014. And if you do the history, you, sh- you know, those that hate it, you should do the history of marijuana in politics. Uh, look it up. Search search the internet. Watch, and if you can't tell what they're doing is propaganda because they weren't very good at it, really. It, it was just to demonize it because certain group of lobby didn't want it. Because it would hurt them financially. And I can't remember which one it was, but when you look back you'll see it. They had all these ads saying all these things about marijuana that that that, that absolutely positively anyone that's ever done it knows is a lie. And you know, yes, I have done it.
1: And you know what else, Brian? And you- I inhaled. <laughs> and know- I held it in. <laughs> you know what else And I coughed. And you blew it out. <laughs> Smoke went everywhere. Um, the other thing that didn't help the uh, PR of marijuana was all the commie hippies using it. That didn't help either.
4: No, it really didn't. <laughs> but, see, it was all part and parcel of the game that they were playing. If, again, at the same time of the hippies, when you go through the history, it starts like in the 50s or 40s, I can't remember. It's actually back farther than you think. And they made it a campaign. If you... If you do a due diligence search, you'll find out that now historical documents have come forth that they had a campaign to demonize marijuana. And I can't remember their reasoning anymore, but uh, they had a political purpose to it. Meanwhile, Russia studied it for years for medical purposes. And everybody at THC... May help your appetite for cancer patients. Uh, Will make you stoned and a little bit of a doofus and tired and lazy and all that. Uh, Because it's pure THC. That's not what marijuana is. And I I don't really go into that tonight. But, yeah, I guess I have to. Marijuana is made up of over hundreds of thousands of cannabinoids. It's cannabinoids, actually, but I, I can never make it. That doesn't sound right, but it, I avoid, it sounds right, but it's not as But anyway, um, these things, they don't know how they interact with different receptors in our body, but they do interact with different receptors in our body. And they do differently for different people and differently for different strains. And all the stuff they make for medical now is is not, you don't get stoned they they they've done their best to weed that part down so you can function the point is so you can function it's not about getting stoned a uh, a real pothead isn't going to like medical marijuana that's different than the recreational stores here i don't know what they're going to do but i imagine they're only going to have available to them all the same strains that are available for medical marijuana and if that's the case there's going to be a whole lot of pot smokers going back to the dealer cuz you you just don't get you don't get that stoned like you do off the original, you know, the regular wild stuff that they they didn't cultivate for, like, 50 years now. Because, again, they didn't, we, the purpose isn't getting stoned. The purpose is pain goes away. Uh, if you don't have an appetite, increase appetite. Seizures. Seizures, very important. And only some strains work for them. And uh, a guy down here in town, he keeps a special batch for... His patients that have, uh, um, have seizures, like when they find one that works, he'll take it and put it in the safe just for them so they always have it available when they come, come buy it uh, because that strain works. They don't all work. They, see, it's all different, different strains, different people, different problems, Look, different it's just, diseases. It's you know. just
1: the same thing that all the pharmaceutical companies went through when they were introducing the drugs that people use for common illnesses now. It's the same thing.
4: Except they're not synthesizing, right? It's natural. This is this is propagation, which is natural. So, anyway, the idea is just like for anything else you want to you want to call the herd, right? Whether it's for animals or plants, the same thing. You want to save seeds from the plants that have the traits that you want, and get and not save them from the plants you, that they don't have. And then sometimes you have to cross them with with cloning. It's another story. It's actually very complicated um look up uh gro- growing medical marijuana it's it's actually a lot to it and there's a lot to knowing um and a lot of, a lot to know what strain to advise people to get depending on their disease and or uh symptoms and they can in place in the places that started a long time ago in California and all that. That's how it is. It's it's it, they're like a an herbalist. The new ones that open up. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Of, a lot of information for uh, what you're just starting out. So you, all you worry about is growing the plants, and you and you start adding as you go along. But they don't know what all the things do. You have to just wing it and try different varieties and you know, keep records.
1: Now, and this is coming from two retired medical. Personnel that have been in medicine for many years. I have been an RN for 25 years. Brian was a paramedic for seven years. But he, we both studied science. This is not coming from two people that are irrational nut jobs. We have done our research. I've actually seen firsthand how this has been incredible for people with illnesses. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm kind of an expert. So. This is not coming from la la land. this is coming from actual visually seeing the difference. so get over yourselves and this is why they 're afraid of liberty. This is one that people out there are so afraid of liberty.
4: This is not liberty <laughs> this is just a plant <laughs> it happens that. to it happens to bring a lot of benefits a lot of people including pts Uh uh-huh yep they have ones that are good at calming you down you know kind of level leveling your your mind off Uh, yeah
1: but i'm saying i'm saying it's liberty because the states are taking some the states are taking this issue into their own hands. they
4: are and you know it's great the,
1: but if they can if, do this, and we can show that they can do this, they can take everything back. No,
4: uh, the federal government's starting to go. Well, well, for this, it's um, we're not going to do this and that. You know, they're making excuses for the fact that it, it's gotten to the point now where they can't. They can't raid them. They can't keep raiding them because now it's everywhere. It's not just like one state.
1: But that's what I'm saying. If if we can encourage people by this example that the states can take their sovereignty back...
4: I don't think you can with this example because conservatives hate this example. Uh, however, libertarians love it. It is an example, and I am a conservative, and I don't care that you think I, uh, I should say drugs should be banned. I don't believe that conservatism in any way allows me to, t- to talk in political terms about banning anything, frankly. I I don't believe that's a conservative value. I, I think that's when people try and push their religious values on everybody else. And that's just like the atheist trying to push secular on everybody else, right? Both is wrong. Both are sins. Equally. God granted us all free will. Anything you do to interfere with that is a violation, is a sin before God. You're trying to tell God you know better than he. People should be forced to do X, Y, and Z and not to do X, Y, and Z. Forced, no. See, that's what God didn't do. We should never do it. We did. It was a mistake. I thought we realized that after the Puritans gave up on it. It's wrong either way. The government's job is not to manipulate our lives. Under the Constitution, that government does nothing domestically except uh, excise taxes, stuff like that, Um, and they do foreign matters. But domestically, it's just insurrection, invasion, and some uniform taxation through excise well, taxes on goods
1: don't they also in certain times uh make sure the states play nice
4: what's the commerce clause is about
1: not what they use it for
4: no it was specifically you <laughs> go i tell you you go through convention through james madison's notes and you just know this stuff uh
1: where can they find that
4: Um, PatriotsPub.us, PatriotsPub.us, U.S. History, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers. Just the facts. No politics. Apolitical. Just facts. I guarantee, I guarantee you will know the founding of this nation, the Constitution, like no other. Oh, and also slavery. We did a whole series on slavery. You'll like that. That was after we came out of convention, obviously. But, oh no. It's time to go. And now... The time is near. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Vonder from UncooperativeBlogger.com You're listening to Uncooperative dot com. And say goodnight, Susan.
1: Good night, Susan.
4: And we're
6: out of here.